Welcome to the Lost Lowdown podcast number 29 with your hosts, Claude and Justin. What's up, guys? Hey, buddies out there in podcast world. Uh, we are talking about Catch-22, episode 317, uh, one of the more boring episodes this season, um, unfortunately. Perhaps. Uh, I think we were all spoiled by that nice little run of episodes that were that were pretty damn good. And uh, this one is, you know... This one we're at a stop sign, I think. Pause. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe just to pause to catch our breath, and then, uh, and then we'll get back to the action uh, and the and the intrigue in the next couple episodes leading up to the finale. That's what I'm hoping. Yeah, I think that'll happen. I think that's. Uh, I mean, what this sets up could be interesting, but unfortunately, none of the interesting stuff made it into this episode. <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> It's like, what can we take out? This episode is too long. What can we take out? Oh, let's take out this interesting scene. Oh, let's take out this interesting plot point. Sometimes I hate it when they do that. When they give you, when they give you like the tiniest bit of something to where it's not actually interesting, but maybe it will be in the future. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just I don't know. It's kind of frustrating. It's like, you know, you could like do a little something with it. Come on, guys. I, I think they tried. I think they, uh, but I just think they failed. You know, I, I this episode to me had some of the, um, some of the worst, some of the worst writing I think out of like any episode ever. Yeah. Like some of the some of the character motivations were really weak, and some of the like lines were really awful, and like the uh, and and just the, the plot lines in general were just like some of the stuff they had the characters doing. I made a list that we'll get to. Uh, of of uh, Claude's list of things he never wanted to see on Lost, and uh, wow, <laughs> yes, and they there's several things in this episode I never wanted to see, and they and they did it, and they did it, wow, yeah. wow, but uh, so we have a are. we have okay. a little bit of a switch up in our little format today. Justin <laughs> is going to be the one going through the episode scene by scene as of a uh, change of pace and. Um, so we'll see how that goes. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to uh, just kicking back and going, uh-huh, yeah. The old co- oh, color really? commentator. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I can't wait to just do that So yeah. uh, and let you do all the, all the work today. All right. Sounds good. Uh, it'll be interesting, I guess. So whenever you're ready to go, man. Okay. Your uh, show. So, all right, I'll get started. Here we go. <laughs> this is bad, I can tell already. Okay, so we start our show. Uh, how do you do this? <laughs> how do you do this? <laughs> this is bad already. <laughs> that, was, that was the best intro ever. <laughs> start our show. <laughs> Whatever show you were previously watching has just gone off, and uh, you probably saw a promo for your local affiliate news uh, that night, and then Lost comes on. <laughs> uh, Fades in from black, and... <laughs> um, to answer your question, I don't know how I do it. That's just That's just my gift. I guess I... I guess I just felt like I had to set the stage. All right. Yeah. Well, 
the first scene that we see as they open the thing, uh, we have uh, we have Hurley, Charlie, Jen, and Desmond walking through the rain <laughs> in the jungle. Am I if I got wrong already? <laughs> no, no, no. I just you, you you named them all. I'm thinking, oh, the fearsome foursome. Yes. Which is what I'll henceforth refer to them as. Please. But uh, I thought I'd set that up um, and at least say their names once. Yeah. Uh, they're walking through the rain, and um, Charlie and Hurley are arguing about uh, the relative merits of uh, superheroes and uh, blah, blah, blah. Dialogue that would have been cutting edge in 1991. <laughs> but, uh... In 1991, huh? Yeah. You mean like when we were 10 years old? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Not not specifically in 91, but relatively in 91. I don't saying? know what you mean. <laughs> well, in 91, mean? in 91, we were like 10, right? Uh-huh. So I, I'm saying, or I'm asking, are you saying it would have been cutting edge to a 10-year-old? No. <laughs> or are you saying just in that year, 1991? Yeah, that's what I meant. Oh, okay. You know, to to if I were that if I were the same age I am right now back then, I would have found it cutting edge. <laughs> you would have found that cutting edge. Yeah. The Flash versus Superman, who's faster? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Okay. It's like yeah, I I see it as like that that kind of like extraneous dialogue where they talk about other shit like that. To me, that was a huge revelation. Oh. But it's kind of over now. You mean not specifically what they're talking about, but just sort of what they're doing? Yeah. Oh, okay. Sort of yeah. like a, almost like a, uh, what's his name? Uh, that guy I don't really like that much, but everyone thinks I should like him. Uh, Kevin. Uh, Kevin Smith? Yeah. Yeah. Or a Quentin Tarantino, even. Or a Tarantino thing. Speaking yeah. of Tarantino, uh, Grindhouse. Did you, did you see that? No. Okay, we got to talk about that once you've seen it. I want to see it. We'll we'll do we'll we'll talk about that on Mr. Podcast. Okay. Um, I got a lot to say about that. Really? Yeah. Did wow. I say a lot? I don't have a lot. That was an exaggeration. Okay. I have a moderate amount of things to say. Just just real quick, thumbs up or thumbs down on on the two parts? Um, do I have to rate them as one? No. Well, can I, for each. Oh, for each. Uh, thumbs up, Planet Terror. Thumbs down, Death Proof. Okay. Yeah. All right. Thumbs way down, death proof. Really? Okay. Thumbs down, way down further past Jackie Brown, death proof. <laughs> okay. Right. And you know how much I love Jackie Brown. I didn't know that, and I don't believe that you do. Yeah, by love I mean hate. Right. Right. Yeah, that's um, one of those things. But it's just, yeah. I, I My point was supposed to be that that kind of dialogue was like, really at one point i thought it was really cool mm-hmm. um at this point it just seems like crappy yeah you know it's just kind of gone out of style i think and it's just not really interesting to me anymore but whatever <laughs> anyway wow i can't wait to see what you think of death proof <laughs> <laughs> yeah no i mean i'm not expecting to love it but uh i have to see it for my own sake um, no you do uh, so, as they're arguing, Charlie steps on a wire, and, uh, the wire triggers, uh, a trap, presumably, uh, Russo trap, and, uh, when he p- takes his foot off the wire, it triggers this arrow to shoot him in the throat, 
and uh, and then he dies. Right? And throw in the arrow trick. That's right. I mean, arrow in the throw trick. <laughs> throw in the arrow, whatever. Uh, and then we get the signature flashes from this episode. Uh, Hurley with the cable and uh, the uh, the uh, the little red dot in the sky and some other shit. I didn't write it all down, but <laughs> we get all that. And, uh... There's, like, one more flash or something. There's, like, two more flashes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. We all saw it, whatever. I think Penny was in there, whatever. Anyway, uh... Then we cut to Desmond, and, you know, presumably he's... he's, This is what he was thinking. He's fishing on the beach, uh... Back at the main camp. He looks over and sees Charlie walking around. Uh, that's when, if we haven't already, we realized that he was imagining what he just, uh, or, you know, whatever. He was seeing the future, and uh, so that hasn't occurred yet. All right, and then uh, he uh, he goes over and asks Hurley about the the wire, the cable uh, in the sand. Uh, he, uh, he, wants, he wants Hurley to take him there, and he says that someone's coming. And then we get uh, Lost, the title. Lost. Yeah. So that's our um, teaser. Very nice. Um, Now, before we move on, can I ask you a very important question? Yeah. Who do you think would win in a foot race, The Flash or Superman? In a foot race? Yeah. See, I don't really know that much about The Flash. Uh, The only thing you need to know is that he's faster than Superman. Oh, okay. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Let me... Hold on. <laughs> Let me think. Uh, wow. Yeah. So, am I supposed to answer now? <laughs> yes. Wait, 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 wait. And now you can answer. Okay. The Flash would win. Okay. There you go. Um, um, and you know, I'm sure. I'm sure every po- every lost podcaster is is having that that question put out there. But uh, the simple the simple fact of the matter is. Uh, the Flash's main ability is uh, is his is his speed and running, and Superman has a lot of abilities, but uh, running isn't his his primary focus. Yeah, uh, I would you know I'd put my money on Superman in any in pretty much any situation, but uh, but specifically a foot race. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, I I love that idea when I think I think Charlie or Hurley, one of them said, uh, you know, why would I, think, I guess Charlie said it? Why would Superman agree to? To a foot race, you know, since he can fly. Yeah. Um, which is which is a valid point, but nevertheless, if it is a foot race, then those are the rules, and uh, you know, you gotta, you can't break the rules. Yeah. But right. um, I th- I think a more a more pertinent question, which I don't really know the answer to, is who who's faster in general, the Flash or Superman when he's flying? Now that is a question. Mm-hmm. Because I think I think Superman's a lot faster flying than he is running. Definitely. And uh, but the Flash is pretty fast, so. Mm-hmm. Question to ponder. <laughs> okay, yeah, we'll have to uh, think about that one. I think uh, I feel like Superman would be fast on foot, but but yeah, it's not his primary ability. He he is one of those like I can do a lot of stuff, guys. So any particular uh, power isn't uh, you know the ultimate. Mm-hmm. It's all sort of like really good at all this other. A bunch of shit. So yeah. Uh, so I think uh, I don't know. In general, I have no idea. I mean, 
I guess I don't comprehend how fast the Flash is supposed to be. And that's weird. Like, is that all the Flash does is run fast? I mean, that's a weird power to have. Like, what are you going to do with that, really? Just, like, uh, run away? Always be on time to stuff. Oh, okay. Um, you know, I'm not a big Flash fan, so I don't know a lot about him. Hurley did mention the fact that he can um, uh, sort of vibrate um, which I think is a is a more recent uh, flash power that he can sort of like I think the idea is you know he he can like his molecules move so fast that they sort of can phase through matter which which sort of helps him you know if he's running in a in you know in a in a straight line or whatever he doesn't have to go around buildings he can just sort of go right through them yeah um, but um, so I don't know I don't know what else he's got I think that's it I think you know and uh, I mean he's probably you know he's probably fairly strong. Mm-hmm. You know, but but not probably like super strong, and um, I don't know. Okay, that's all I know. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know anything about. Oh, here's it. something. I just looked it up. Okay. <laughs> um, all incarnations of the Flash can move, think, and re and and react at superhuman speeds. That's cool. I okay. didn't know that. So you can think at superhuman speeds and react at superhuman speeds. Okay. Fair and enough. And all, all possess an aura that prevents air friction uh, from affecting their bodies and clothes while moving. So goodbye, physics. <laughs> <laughs> we just wrote, wrote our way around that one. <laughs> it's been fun, but we found someone new. <laughs> oh, physics and inertia and, and, and uh, air friction. Oh, that's not a problem. He has an aura that prevents that. <laughs> I love it. Wow. <laughs> anyway, so um, uh, that's the flash. I think I think there's other stuff, but nothing nothing too crazy. It's the oops, flash. I prevented physics. <laughs> yeah, oops. The laws of physics don't exist when it comes to me. Wow, wow. Is there a is there a flash movie like a recent one? Do you no, know? they haven't made a big budget flash movie okay. recently. They haven't. I thought um, there might have been. I guess. I think it's because I mean I think it's just because there's not a lot to do with the flash. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. Seems uh, seems like a weird thing. Yeah, it just doesn't seem very good for fighting bad guys. Seems like it's good for, like, other shit. So, anyway. Yeah. All right. Well, what's not... I guess i got to do these now. What's not the Flash being good at stuff is the next scene. <laughs> um, I hope my segues don't sound like that. <laughs> uh... We uh, we go into a flashback. We have uh, Desmond in his little cell or room in the in the abbey, reading the Bible. Brother Campbell comes in and tells Desmond about the uh, the whole vow of silence thing. Um, congratulates Desmond sort of on uh, lasting so long, and. Uh, I guess uh, accepts him into the fold for for completing his uh, his vow of silence uh, as as some sort of test uh, of faith and patience, and uh, and so he's a so he's a he's one of them. He says he's one of us. He's so one of us. Get a little for twenty minutes. Gets a, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Desmond, my boy, you are the best monk I have ever seen. Until. <laughs> 
later today when I will find you drinking. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, interesting. So, yeah, we get a little uh, episode title reference, and, uh, and that's about it for that scene. What are you going to do with that, right? Nothing. Um, okay, we go back to the islands. Uh, Desmond asked Jack for the first aid kit, and uh, <laughs> he uh, gives it to him after a little prodding. Yeah. Jack tries to uh, to uh, sort of, I don't know, coke something out of him, and doesn't quite work. He questions Hurley, and Hurley does his usual really bad at lying routine. Yeah, I you know I thought Desmond I thought his little excuse about uh, having a sprained ankle was really I don't know really weird because I mean if, if you have a uh, you know a true sprained ankle you're not really walking on it right you know and if if you're out walking on it won't it hurt? <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess and he so. just you know he's just like walking around. He I mean he walked up to Jack. I mean I didn't notice any limp or pretend limp or. Yeah. Or anything, and he's like, oh, yeah, I sprained my ankle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's supposed to just be a very mild sprain or something, but... Yeah. It is... I, I it, When I watched it again, it got me wondering if that was a reference to uh, the first time Jack and Desmond met at the stadium, because I, mm-hmm. uh, I think Jack, like, hurt himself. Like, maybe he sprained his ankle. Like, I thought maybe that's what they were referring to, um, but I don't remember... So, um, well, I think he, I think he did. They did, they did bring up that reference when, uh, when Jack says, "Do you want me to take a look at it?" And Desmond says something about having sprained his ankle before, or something like that. And Jack was like, "Oh yeah," which you know re- refers to the fact they met when they were running, and you know Desmond did a lot of running. Yeah. Um, I don't know if his first comment about "I've got a sprained ankle." Is supposed to reference, reference that or not? I don't know. No, but like that, yeah. The it was second that, part, yeah. It was that part. Yeah, it was the second part. Where he says, "I take my share of ankles," and Jack says, "Right, yeah, that part." I didn't catch that the first time, so, um, so yeah, I wanted to point that out. Um, glad I did. Huh. <laughs> <sighs> okay. Uh, next, Hurley asked Desmond for an explanation. Uh, for what he's doing, Desmond tries to explain the flashes, and um, then he says that he says that he's trying to make the thing happen, uh, as opposed to what's happened in the past, where you know whatever he sees, pretty much Charlie dying, he tries to prevent. In this case, what he's seeing, he wants to happen. Mm-hmm. So. Um, I um can I can I interject here? Um I'd like to uh do a little segment real quick that I like to call Claude's Claude's writing tip. Okay. Uh and this is tip number uh twenty four. Uh just made wow. that number up. <laughs> why why start at one? Let's Why let's start just, at one? I mean I've just... given writing tips I've given sort of writing tips before, but not formally. So I, I was this little scene we're talking about here, uh between Hurley and Desmond, uh it it, it basically um, illustrated a thing that they do on Lost a lot of the time. I mean, most network TV shows sort of do this, but um, um, Lost does this a lot. Uh, basically, it's the idea that um, if you if you want the audience to get some information, but it's not information that that the character is going to normally willing to to sh- to to share 
normally be willing to sh- normally be wi- be willing to share. That's right, right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that sounds wrong. Willing to be to share. That's what I want to say for some reason. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> if the character is not going to normally give that information up, uh, <laughs> what you can do is do what what they did in this scene is basically have another character demand they tell them. Yeah. They do that a lot. Like, hey, let's go do this thing. Now, I'm not going to go until you tell me blah, blah, blah. Uh-huh. They do that all the time. And this is a classic case when Harley was like, no, dude, I'm not going anywhere until you tell me, like, <laughs> what's going on. Yeah. And it's, you know, and at this point, it's just it's just sort of lazy. You know, I just find it to be really lazy. It's like, oh, come on, writers. You can find a better way to, to deal with these situations. And pretty much the whole episode was like that. You know, Desmond not wanting to say anything, and then someone yeah. finally putting their foot down, and he then he finally gives them a little nugget of information. You know, yeah. it's a thing, but that's uh, that's my writing. That's my writing. Uh, it's not a tip. It's more of a um, I don't know what it is. That is a classic thing, though. I've seen that like on more than Lost, but they definitely do it on Lost all the time. How about this? Behind the writing with Claude. That's Behind it. the writing. Behind the writing. <laughs> That's nice. behind the writing. Very nice. That'll be that'll be our thing. Yeah. There's that other podcast, uh, the Darmalars. They have that whole thing, that big long segment about the music. Maybe we can, uh, you know, compete with that by doing the do writing. A, do a small short segment about uh, the writing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> small short, big long. Hey, what's the difference, right? Exactly. All right. You know, I. In general, I mean, I don't know when to address this, but this whole thing with Desmond, like, is weird, you know, in terms of, like, it's sort of, it's one of these problems, like, he has the flashes, and that's the only reason they go. Yeah, we definitely need to take a a moment at some point to to really uh, talk about the flashes and what's going on. Uh, You know, we're going to get into that same thing of, you know, can you change the future, you know? um, Yeah. one of the big questions is that I had was, do the four of them, you know, end up going to where Naomi is because Desmond saw them do that, and he, you know, subsequently, you know, had them, you know, gathered them up to go? Is that why they went in the first place, or were they going to go for some other reason, mm-hmm. you know, in the vision, and then he sort of, you know, just engendered it on his own? Like that, you know, that's a whole thing, and... We're going to get to some brick walls, but um, yeah, do really... you want to talk about that now or later? I I don't know. What, I guess let's save it. Maybe later, yeah. Yeah, I guess let's save it. Okay. There's, yeah, there's something very minority report about this whole thing, you know? Yeah. The only yeah, reason... Tom Cruise written you, all over it. Yeah, like you, you get into a situation because of having knowledge about the future, and it's like, but how did that future, you know, happen, <laughs> like... You know, with with since the fact that you're knowing the future depended on that happening. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's a very weird situation. So, because um, it seems like yeah, if you hadn't known about the future, then that wouldn't have happened. So, you know, the that future seeing machine is weird. It's like it's like self fulfilling prophecy kind of thing, where yeah. the only reason it predicts the future is because it shows you the future and you do it. <laughs> yeah, you know. But how can how can it show you what you haven't done yet? That's the other part of that, though. Yeah, 
It's like, okay. hey, this is something you could do, and if you go do it, then it'll be the future. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's a weird, but we'll uh, we'll, we'll get into it more later. It's yeah. a whole thing in this episode. It's a whole thing. Uh, with uh, various things, and this has to happen, and blah, 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 blah. Okay. Next scene, uh, Sawyer goes to talk to Kate. She's no, changing. Boy, tee hee. Uh, <laughs> he, uh, he steps into her tent and uh, asks her if she... You mean, you mean he steps into her boudoir? Into her boudoir. <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> A layer of seduction, please. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Boudoir. Kind of love that. You can't do anything in a boudoir but seduce people. Exactly. <laughs> no one is ever, like, paying taxes in their boudoir. No. <laughs> no. Leg lifts? No. Yeah. I'm going to go to my boudoir and cut my toenails. Mm-hmm. No. No, 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 sir. Not possible. Oh, God. Yeah, so uh, so anyway, he steps in and... Uh, oh, God. It's just such a... I don't know. I don't know what they're doing. But uh, he asks Kate if she told Jack about the the whole sex thing, them having sex thing. And uh, it's not the way he puts it, though. And... Uh, <laughs> He, uh, Thanks for clarifying. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you tell Jack about the whole you and me sex thing. <laughs> so uh, she uh, she tells him no, but he knows because of the cameras. And uh, I thought you said the cameras are broken. I don't even remember that, but whatever. Uh, maybe she said that. Yeah, you know, <laughs> that's, that was that thing I mentioned to you off podcast that I, I'm, I was going to go look up uh, and I forgot what what that thing was and now that I know what it is it's that oh. um, um, I don't ever remember Kate uh, Kate and Sawyer knowing about the cameras that sort of defeats the whole purpose of the cameras yeah. being hidden if if at some point they knew about them I, I think this is maybe a, uh, a reference to a deleted scene um, <laughs> you know yeah. maybe maybe before they sex each other up in the in the cage you know, Kate or Sawyer or someone says, hey, I saw a camera there, or maybe there's a camera there or something, and then Kate says some line about it being broken, and they go ahead and, you know, have sex. But um, I definitely don't remember that in that episode. Yeah. Uh, that would have ruined the moment. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, I know you got your clothes off, but what about that camera? <laughs> oh, it's broken. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, don't stop now. It's broken. Don't worry about it. <laughs> but the light's blinking. Oh, shut up. Oh, shut up. You talk too much. Look this way. <laughs> oh, uh, man. Yeah, I just, I love, like, when they make shit up that happened in the past. <laughs> yeah. That's, like, hilarious <laughs> to me. Oh, God. Revisionist history in a little bit, I think. And sometimes, like, it becomes a thing. Like, like I feel like from now on, they'll be like, yeah, that time when you said the cameras were broken and they weren't. Like, mm-hmm. it'll be a whole, you know, like, I just, I hate it. Mm-hmm. It's just, like, change what happened. 
Yeah. Frustrating. Maybe it is a deleted scene, though. Maybe maybe the conversation occurred before the sex or, or something, like, not so close to it where it doesn't yeah, seem so I, crappy. It, would definitely, it, it has to have been hopefully way before the sex scene. Yeah. You know. Because that was, yeah, that was just not the time to bring up I the cameras. Just, I, well, I could, but I could see them, I could see them, like, about to, you know, they're getting into it, and then, like, somebody re- remembers that the cameras are there. Yeah, yeah. You know, and then, you know, I could see Kate, like, well, Kate's the one who claims they were broken. It was yeah. broken. But, well, I don't even know why she would think it was broken, unless, like, unless they're referencing the Alex thing when Alex broke the camera, which, of course, was way later. Yeah, that was, uh, that ah. was uh, not till they left, I think. That was in yeah. episode. I don't know if the writers are referencing a deleted scene, referencing something that they just pull out their ass, or referencing the Alex thing, and it's just out of, you know, continuity. Forgetting the fact that she did that way later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, it's like, they weren't even around when she did that. I mean, it was Jack, like... Oh, God. I thought you said the cameras were broken or going to be broken in the future. <laughs> oh, I'm having flashes. <laughs> I'm having flashes of the future. I should talk to Desmond. And I'm British now. <laughs> That's what happens. <laughs> That's what happens. Whenever you see the future and get clairvoyant, you become a little more European. <laughs> uh, a little more British. Um, yeah. You never yeah, know a lot which... more British. Yeah, I never know which British it's going to be. Is it going to be Scottish or Irish? Who knows? Who knows? A little English, maybe? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hello, my name is <laughs> Kate Austin. Oh, I'm from Iowa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll buy that one. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. So, uh... So... Uh, right. So she tells him about the cameras, and then, uh, and then they talk a little more, and then he, uh, concludes by asking her for what he calls a little afternoon delight, which apparently means sex. uh, (laughs) Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. And she, uh, turns him down and leaves, and that's the end of the scene. Um, weird little scene. Don't know what to do with that. Next scene, we have Desmond telling Hurley that Jen has to come. They're talking and observing Jen from afar. <laughs> anytime, anytime when uh, someone says Jen has to come, you know you're in for a great ride. <laughs> oh, Jen's going to be in this one? Oh, what a great plot line this yeah. is going to be. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, you know. He uh oh he's trying to be around. I don't know. He is. He he gets credit for trying, you know. It's just Oh Jin. I like the sad, brooding, evil mad Jin of season one. Oh. Yeah, he's he's definitely uh lightened up a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh he uh <laughs> sad brooding season one Jin would have never gone on this trip. He would have uh stayed home and sulked. So, uh, uh, but I like, I mean, I kind of like the new Jen. Whatever, you know, he's, uh, I like him too. I mean, but he, he's getting to the point where he's becoming likable because he's becoming more like Hurley. Mm-hmm. He's becoming like the fun, easygoing, like, you know, kind of, I'm not liking him because he's like a great character like Saeed or something. Right. You know? 
Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. His English is getting a little better too. Uh, what they need to do is stumble across like some sort of some sort of Dharma layer or documents or something that's in Korean, and so Jin can like be of use and like yeah, go yay, glad Jin was here. But they really should use Sun because she'd be a lot better at translating to English. No, but Sun's dead. Oh, okay. <laughs> And see, we feel sad for Jen and like him even more because his wife is dead. Oh, okay. Okay. Wow. Everybody's happy. (laughs) Another tip from Behind the Writing. Wow. Behind the Writing. Uh, Okay, so... And then then Hurley (laughs) asks Jen to go on the trip, and Jen agrees. Can I I say something here? Yeah. Oh, this is a groaner. You know, when 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 Hurley <laughs> when Hurley asked Jen to go camping, I'm like, Are you kidding me? You guys live on a beach. You're always camping. <laughs> like, seriously. Unless the place you live on a beach is like a two million dollar house, you're always camping. What is mm-hmm. this, what is this like? Oh, let's go camping. It's like you're always camping. Mm-hmm. That's like saying let's go get stranded on an island. Oh, too late. Mm-hmm. That was probably the worst like impetus for an adventure I've ever I've ever seen in my entire life. Hey, let's wow. go camping. Oh, okay. That's so stupid. I don't know. That was just really stupid to me. That to me that that that's like the writer's not even trying. Mm-hmm. They didn't even. I mean, they didn't even care. They're like, people won't even ask questions. I'll just say they're camping, mm-hmm. you know, because if the characters don't ask questions, oh, the audience won't ask questions. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, that's not true. <laughs> anyway, that's my gripe of the day. Yeah, yeah. It's really more like some kind of walking vacation. I mean, they're they are getting away from the from the from the main camp and stuff, but. Uh, as far as sleeping outside and all that, it's not really very different from what they do now. Yeah, I mean, they're going to be sleeping outside, around a fire, in the sand or in the jungle. Like, that's what they always do. To call, to, to, to call that camping and to say, like, to, to, to make it seem like that's different than what they always do, I think is really weird. Yeah. Yeah, back when they had the hatch, there was a little more normalcy, but uh, these yeah. days, pretty much, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's uh I didn't even think about that. I mean they, That's what the they don't have me to do. Yeah, I mean they don't have much to, to go. I mean all the all the only reasons you want to go in the jungle these days, I mean they have camping now and to go find boar, right? Mm-hmm. I mean that's like the only two things you can they can come up with. Well, okay, why would we have characters go into the jungle? Hmm hmm hmm. Oh camping, yay. And they all high five each other. <laughs> And drink their Cristal and martinis. <laughs> That's the writers. <laughs> Smoking fat cigars and mm-hmm. laughing as they count their dirty money. Count their crisp $100 bills and their new Armani tuxedos. <laughs> Look at the shit we wrote that they pay us for. <laughs> <laughs> we are kings among men. <laughs> Uh, camping, we said. Camping. Camping. <laughs> oh, my darling. Uh, all right. I, I like to think of the writers that way. Me too. That's how they are. But, hey, 
We're speaking the truth. Um, oh, shit. I got to remember to say that. Okay. Uh, ne- next scene, Desmond asks Charlie if he will go on the trip, and Desmond lies to Charlie and tells him that he won't die on the trip, and then Charlie agrees to go. Oh, yeah, this scene, to me, it seems like there was a, a beginning part that's missing. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, the first line is, you know, what was it? Why are you lying to me or something? Um, oh, you must be daft or something like that. Uh, uh, how daft do you think I am? Yeah, yeah, this isn't a camping trip. Yeah, and um, to me, I mean, uh, to me, I like that they cut to this point because there's no there's no need to see, like, if, if they did have a conversation before, you know, if this is, isn't the beginning of their conversation, which it really shouldn't be because obviously he has to explain the whole camping uh, thing. Um, we don't we don't need to see anything before that, which I'm, and I'm glad they didn't show it to us, but it just, it usually they do show you those scenes, you know, the, like the before the interesting part scene. And I can see Desmond saying, hey, mate, we're going to go, um, well, he'd say brother, we're going to go camp and blah, blah, blah. And Charlie goes, oh, yeah, blah, blah, blah. And then he whittles him down, and then he's like, how deaf do you think I am? This isn't a camping trip, you know. Mm-hmm. Just kind of, uh, I I bet I bet there's a deleted scene. I bet that's there's some part of that that's deleted. <laughs> God, man, that's just this season is just filled with deleted scenes. You yeah. know, in past seasons, I never felt like there were deleted scenes, but now I feel like they're everywhere. Like, like they're just shooting like yeah. ten more minutes. Another, another thing that makes me feel like this was a deleted scene is is that they when they cut. If I'm not mistaken, when they cut, Charlie's line, like, comes really quickly. You know, a lot of times if in a, in a regular scene, you know, when you cut to a scene, you got you got a couple seconds of breathing room or whatever before the character says something. Yeah. Uh, but it seems like they cut right into the middle of a conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, at least that's the way it feels. So that's why I feel like it's like a deleted scene because it's like right when they cut, Charlie is saying his line. Mm-hmm. But we'll see. We'll see when the DVDs come out. Yeah, <laughs> From the looks of it, we're going to get a shitload of new material. <laughs> new crappy uh, material. Yeah. <laughs> Who wanted to know what Desmond and Charlie said before? How <laughs> daft do you think I am? <laughs> me, me, me. <laughs> oh, it's like, it's like ten seconds of dialogue. <laughs> oh, why even bother? Hey, Charlie, want to go camping? Camping, eh? <laughs> yeah, camping, brother. <laughs> Camping sounds nice. <laughs> Mate. And fade. And yeah. Oh God. Yeah, that's um I don't know what to do with that. Um Yeah, this whole this whole Charlie thing is whatever. I don't know what to do with that stuff. Okay. So uh next scene we cut to the foursome and they are walking along the beach and whistling a merry old time for all. Yeah. And uh, do you have a comment about that? Or, uh, you just sang in general. Um. Yeah. Um. Maybe this is. Uh, I'll wait to the. Uh, I'll wait, but I have a. I have my things I never wanted to see on Lost thing. Okay. And uh, the the other thing is coming, so I'll wait. Okay. Uh, and then they stop, and Jen finds the wire. 
And uh, then Hurley pulls it out, as in The Flash. And then uh, Desmond tells, tells Charlie that someone will be there soon. The someone will be there soon. The someone he's expecting to show up uh, from the beginning. <laughs> the someone he's expecting to show up from the beginning. The someone he's expecting to show up from the beginning from his flashes. The someone he's expecting to show up from the beginning from his flashes that Desmond has. <laughs> well... It's like, a nesting, it's like a nesting doll thing. It is. Like it's inverse nesting doll. But they get bigger and bigger, yeah. It's yeah. Some kind of weird, like, reversal of the usual laws of physics where you open yeah. a small one and twice as big one comes out. <laughs> it's really scary. It um, is weird. Uh, the, the reason I said that is because in my notes I, I have that Desmond ch- tells Charlie the someone will be there soon. Mm-hmm. You know, like, as in, like, when when we say, like, him or whatever, like, you're using the phrase to mean a specific person. Yeah. But but I, when I read it, I thought it was a typo, so I thought it was just Desmond tells Charlie that someone will be there soon. Oh, I see. And, but I wanted to specify that I didn't mean that. I meant the specific someone, so that's why I just kept going on and on. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> it, it reminds me of the, uh, you know, the... Uh, the the bottle with the messages. The bottle with the messages mm-hmm. that they took on the raft. The bottle they took on the you know, that whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh it's one of those classic things, I guess. Bring a few people up to speed and don't assume they just watched the DVDs. Yeah, please. You know. They need they need a little gentle reminder. <laughs> Uh, those who were watching the show while cooking. The guy I saw from the Pearl Station, the guy we saw on the Pearl Station when we went to follow Echo and go look for Jack and <laughs> blah, blah, blah. The guy we saw on the Pearl Station when Paula was in the bathroom getting his drugs. Mm-hmm. Or no, it was uh, drugs. Diamonds. <laughs> I don't know what that guy's doing. It could have been drugs. It, it could have been drugs. It was it such a MacGuffin. Yeah, it was totally like meaningless. What they were, but uh, yeah, that's uh, that's one of those things you just have to do sometimes, or don't have to, but do. It would have been cool if they were something related to like what's going on, on the island, you know, like some sort of like seemingly innocuous, but like I mean something like diamonds that are like expensive, but they have you know I don't know what, but they could have some sort of other use that relates to what's going on, you know. Yeah. Like if they were um like black and white, like the the stones next to Adam and Eve or something. Mm-hmm. You know, something like a little bit more interesting than just like some plain diamonds. Wow. That are sitting in the bottom of a grave. <laughs> right. Yeah, I agree. That would have been nice. But uh well, I don't think I think they just wanted to get rid of them and they just didn't care. Ah, eh, diamonds, whatever. Something crappy. I think they put a lot of time and attention into writing that storyline. Thank you very much. Okay. And by a lot, I mean five minutes. <laughs> that is a lot. That is a lot, these days. Lost. Uh, okay. Next scene is a flashback. We have uh, Brother Campbell and Brother Desmond boxing the monk wine. Um <laughs> Uh, I, uh, I like that monk wine. Who wants a monk wine? <laughs> Dude, this monk wine tastes good. Yikes. Sounds gross when you say it like that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> monk wine. 
I'm being a little <laughs> pithy, I think, in my descriptions here. So, uh, so I called it monk wine. I I really didn't know the monks made wine, but uh, apparently they do, or some do. Not all. I don't mean to demean any monasteries out there who don't make wine, but uh, <laughs> but you should. Uh, <laughs> Why aren't you making wine, monasteries who don't make wine? You think you're too good to make wine? People <laughs> like wine. <laughs> Maybe that's why people don't like your monastery, because you don't make wine. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. Point to ponder. <laughs> uh, yes, we, we like to leave you with as many of those as possible. And, yes. Uh, out there in the uh, lost lowdown universe. Whoever whoever is the first person to uh, to either email or, or tell us in the comment section all the points to ponder on this podcast, um, something, something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got the contest, but no prize. I wasn't, I wasn't quite prepared to offer a prize. <laughs> you get brownie points. Brownie points, great, great. Which, uh, ironically, are not good in exchange for brownies. Shit. I tried. I did too. I had like a thousand brownie points and went to the store. You can't mm-hmm. buy brownies with brownie points. Mm-mm. Can you buy? What can you buy with brownie points? Fruit Loops. Believe it or not, I got Fruit a whole Loops. box of Fruit Loops. One box for a thousand yeah. brownie points. I know, right? Man, what a fucking a rip off! It's a rip off. It's a racket. Yeah. Kel- Kellogg, dude. Kellogg. Brown. Yeah, Kellogg's Girl Scouts. It's all a conspiracy. It is. They're all, they're all owned by Viacom anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, does Viacom even exist anymore? Oh, <laughs> that's what they want you to do, doubt oh. their existence. <laughs> uh, the greatest trick Viacom ever pulled. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, you got to finish it. Uh, I was convincing the world they didn't exist. Oh, that's awesome. Quote of the day. All right. I think we should end the podcast now. It's not going to get better than that. No. That's it, huh? <laughs> that's the highlight of the podcast. It has nothing to do with law, Steve. Uh, <laughs> that was just perfect. Does Viacom even exist? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I think it's just a legend to scare people. <laughs> It's something you tell your kids late at night to get them to go to bed and eat their eat their vegetables. You better Viacom's be good. Gonna, Viacom's gonna get you. Viacom's gonna buy your small company out. <laughs> You'll be part of the Viacom conglomerate. No, mommy, no, no, please, please. What about free enterprise? <laughs> Small business is good for the economy. <laughs> How we're not getting paid for this podcast, I'll never know. Comedy gold. <laughs> Whatever that means. Comedy gold. Comedy gold. If gold gold and comedy. comedy. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it sounds better if I flip it. Gold Maybe. and comedy. Yeah, mm-hmm. a little better. A little better. Okay. So. All right. <laughs> To, um, I think, something a lot less interesting. I um, think uh, 
I think it was the monk wine that set us on that journey. <laughs> monk wine, you're um, right. The monk wine was the precursor. All right, so uh, Desmond says that the wine has a strange name, or he doesn't. He thinks the wine is strangely named. I just rephrased what I said. <laughs> um, I don't know why I did that, and uh, because uh, it's called uh, Mariah something wine. Uh, I didn't write down the full name. Uh, like Mariah Vineyard or something like that. And uh, Mariah... Oh, was it... Okay. Um, I... I thought it was like Monastery or something. I, it was... I don't remember, though. It was Vineyards. Oh, maybe, yeah. Should I look? Should I look? What do you say? What do you say? What do you say? Let's see. Uh... I don't care. Oh, you don't care? I don't care. <laughs> uh, yeah, it doesn't say here in the uh, thing, and who cares? I I think it's that it's Mariah something. Anyway, uh, and then uh, he says that's weird because that's where God asked Abraham to sacrifice his son, and then uh, and then Desmond and Campbell have a little debate about uh, about uh, God's rationale in in that story. And uh, with uh, Desmond sort of questioning it and Campbell uh, defending it like a monk should, and mm-hmm. uh, and then um, uh, to interrupt uh, their theological discussion, uh, Derek comes in and punches Desmond in the face. Oh, and, Derek! Uh, yeah, I know, Derek, Derek, Derek. And then uh, then he apologizes and leaves, and that's the end of that scene. Um, don't know what to do with that. I guess it's a setup scene. Yeah. Setting up the setting up the wine and setting up the uh Desmond and setting up the Derek sister subplot. Mm-hmm. Um God man, how they do that shit. They fucking writing is writing is such a such a I don't know, such a uh formulaic. Yeah, formulaic. <laughs> That's the word. <laughs> That's the word. Writing writing is based in in very logical very logical rules and situations that uh, that subconsciously and consciously people uh, expect and uh, you know that's that's how you know I mean that's the thing like that whole thing like the guy some random guy comes in and punches Desmond you instantly want to know what's going on yeah you know it totally changes the scene it changes the the flow of the story and you totally want to know what's going on and they leave you at that cliffhanger and it's you know it's it's a writing thing you know yeah. It really is, and it's just, and they get, you know, they get a lot of mileage out of this wine. That you know, there's two scenes later that depend on it, mm-hmm. and you don't want to just, you don't want to just like have it appear all of a sudden. Like there's doesn't getting drunk on the wine. Like you sort of introduce it in this scene, yeah, and then it comes in later. You know, it just kind of works better that way. And it's just, it's so like obvious when you know what they're doing. But if you don't, it just seems natural. Like, oh, yeah. they're boxing the wine, and look, there's the wine later. It's just a crazy coincidence. You know? Yeah. Hey, look, that's the wine he was. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow. Who knew it, it would, you know, play a part later? You know, and you just feel like it's some, you know, weird coincidence that they yeah. happen to show you that, but it's not. So anyway, yeah, I, uh, I find that to be uh, crazy. So anyway, the next scene. Uh, any more on that scene? Got any more? Anything? Nothing. No, that's it. Okay. Next scene, we have uh, Kate sitting there eating the oatmeal that uh, we discussed last week. Um, apparently, ding, ding, ding. It's, apparently, it's pretty good. Um, 
awesome even. Uh, <laughs> so uh, Jack comes over. Did we talk about that last week? I think so. Why did we talk about that? Was it in the episode last week? Yeah, I think so. That whole oh, oatmeal yeah, supposed to be was... soggy. Wow, this is the second time they've talked about oatmeal? Yeah. Wow, they're really stretching. <laughs> they they really have nothing to write. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Unless that yeah. oatmeal is going to come into play, like the wine <laughs> at some point. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe in the rise room they just always eat oatmeal, and they're like, let's put it in the store. Oh, God. It could be that simple and inane. It could be like, oh, no. Smokey was the oatmeal. <laughs> now, now the oatmeal is in all of us, and Smokey's in all of us. Oh, no. <laughs> Lost. Lost. <laughs> there, my friend, is my pitch for the season finale. <laughs> Oh, God. Dear ABC, <laughs> I think the Losty should find out that Smokey was in the oatmeal <laughs> and that the oatmeal is in them, therefore Smokey's in them, and they're all controlled by Smokey. Thank you for your time. <laughs> Sincerely, a stranger. <laughs> Sincerely, lost forever, <laughs> 423. <laughs> Cincinnati, Ohio. All right. <laughs> of course. Uh, where else could such a letter originate from? Hey, you um, know, we have fans in Cincinnati. I know, and they're great people. They're all great people. I believe Jerry's in Cincinnati. Great, hardworking, noble, upright citizens. Yes. We King, all wish. Kings among men and queens, queens among women. <laughs> Would that we could all be as... As upright and and uh, uh, and uh, held in high esteem as those citizens of Cincinnati, Ohio. Yes, I, I agree. Think that's probably enough damage control. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, uh, so Jack comes over while Kate's eating the oatmeal, and they have a little flirty conversation that I won't repeat. And <laughs> thank uh, you. Thank you. There might be children listening. Right. And uh, Jack gets Kate's spoon, which she licks right before yeah. uh, giving it to him, which I thought was uh, whatever. Um, like, sexy. Here you go, Jack. By whatever, do you mean sexy? That's what I mean, sexy. Sorry. Sexy. Or do you um, mean disease-ridden? Because, like, you know, Kate, you know, whatever. I mean, I guess, I guess... I guess if I, you know, if I were actually involved in a relationship with her, maybe I could I could let that slide. But, you know, just just a general person, anybody, you know, they just mm-hmm. like put their mouth all over a spoon and hand it to me like I'm going to go wash it before I use it. That's just me. Yeah, you know, the what I kind of liked, I mean, I hated the whole thing, but what I liked about how she did it was that uh two things. The first is that she didn't sort of, like, lick it. it. It didn't seem like she sort of, like, put her tongue and licked it off so much as she, like, you know, used her lips to, to, to scrape off the oatmeal. Yeah. Which I think is better than, like, using your tongue. Uh, yeah. Because at least it won't be, like, wet when you give it to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I like how she sort of, Evangeline sort of, you know, she sort of did it, and then she had a reaction, like, oh, crap, I just sort of licked all over your spoon. Sorry. 
mm-hmm. you know, because she wanted to give it to him clean, and she sort of just did it because she wanted to be clean and didn't realize until she did it that it was like she sort of like got her cooties all over it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I liked how that part played off, but in general it was really crappy mm-hmm. just to have to watch, but whatever, you know. Yeah. And uh, But, yeah, that's the thing. It's Kate, you know. I mean, they never kissed, have they? Who? Kate and Jack. Oh, yeah, they did once. Really? Yeah, in, uh, in what Kate did. Was what she did kiss Jack? Yes, what <laughs> she did. <laughs> all right, I guess I remember that. Yeah, day, she was all running around, and uh, that's, by the way, just, FYI, uh, that is uh, episode... Oh, yeah. uh, Please, tell us. Episode 9 of season 1. Uh, 2. Sorry. 2, of course. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I remember that. She's running around and... Um, yeah, that was a big... That was a big That was a big to-do. I forgot about that. Yeah, she was all going crazy and Jack came up and then she kisses him and then she runs away. And then there's a follow-up to that um, in... Um, <laughs> I believe uh, SOS uh, when Jack and Kate go hike out to um, try to get them to trade Walt for Henry, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, they have a little scene by the campfire where she says, "I'm sorry, I kissed you," and he <laughs> says, uh, "Well, I'm not." I'm and, not. Uh, and then uh, and then Michael ruins the moment um, by collapsing oh. in front of them. He's uh, ruined a lot of moments in his day. Yeah, he really has. It's interesting you bring up Michael collapsing. I have a thing about that later. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Um, can't imagine what you'd have to say about that in this episode. Um, oh, when I say it, you'll be like, oh, yeah, duh. You've teased me well. Okay. Well, for now, I'm intrigued. <laughs> don't, ever, don't ever say that again, oh, okay. please. Sorry. <laughs> you teased me well. Sorry. That's... I don't want you to say it to anyone. Okay. Ever. <laughs> You have teased me well. Yeah, that doesn't sound good. <laughs> and the boudoir. <laughs> uh, no, I, I should say I'm intrigued, although I, from what you said, maybe I shouldn't be. But I, Yeah, it's not, yeah. So, uh, so then the follow-up is uh, Jack goes to go uh, eat with Juliet, yuck it up uh, over there, <laughs> and uh, Kate observes this. that phrase. I love that, yucking it up. Yeah. Oh, man. And I think it's a good word for what Jack and Juliet do. They re- they are yu- they're li- they're not chatting. No. They're not having a conversation. They're they're yucking it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everything, it's a very specific thing, the yuck. Yeah, they just everything they say is for the purpose of yucking. Mhm. Mhm. They're that, definitely yucking it up. Yeah. That's what I call yucking it up. So, uh, Kate observes this uh presumably with some sort of Sad face, and uh, presumably, <laughs> you just say presumably with the sad face. Yeah. All right. And uh, and then she and then she goes to uh, have sex with Sawyer. Um, but while she's doing this, she's crying, and I have to yeah. say, there's for me, there's not much less sexy than crying. Yeah, you know, I. it's funny you say that because that's the exact same thing I was going to say, you know. You know what's not sexy when you're making out? Crying. Yeah. That's like, yeah, that's that just ruins the mood for me, I think. Yeah. Um, you know, it's great. It's Kate. Oh, she's crying. You know what? This isn't going to work. 
Yeah. This is uh this is just too weird. I don't think uh I don't think I can have sex with you while you're crying. Yeah. I'm not even sure how she can be like, you know, aroused like if she's upset about like literally crying. Yeah. Like how could she even want to like be in the mood for that? Yeah, I know. This is this is a weird move. I I don't um I don't really understand what's going on here. Um I mean I do, but like I find uh I find it to be very hard to get uh because because it's not Jack doesn't even see her do this. Like I I don't know what she's getting out of this, you know. Like if she were trying to make him jealous, it seems like she would sort of hang around with Sawyer and laugh a lot or something. Like doing this, like he's not even watching, you know. Yeah, so, it's not it's not about making Jack jealous. I think it's more about um you know, she she sees Jack and Juliet, and she's like, oh, you know, they, they've got this bond, this relationship, and she wants to have that, too. And if she can't have it with Jack, she can try to have it with Sawyer. Yeah. So it's not about making Jack jealous. It's about her make, making herself feel better, basically. And, and I, you know, the crying thing, you know, you know, having sex and then, you know, and then crying, like it's, it, it, it works well for the emotion of it. You know, it's, it's interesting to watch on screen. It's very sort of cinematic, but when you think about it, it's just, it just doesn't really make sense, you know? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Maybe our fans can write in and tell us if they've ever cried before they uh, had sex. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's a thing. I think, I mean, I think it's possible, you know, and I, I think when you have that emotional release, like maybe sometimes that can sort of work for you. But, uh, but I guess, I, you know, I guess it's just not, this is not my thing. I don't know. I, <laughs> you don't get off on the sad sex? I really don't. Nice. I really don't. But it just made that scene really depressing. It was just like, it was sad for Kate and Sawyer. Like, you know, yeah, it was sad for both of them. Like, you know. like she's pathetic, and then he's just like being used as this like tool to sort of like, you know, yeah, help her deal with her like problems. And it's just, it's just, yeah, because because I, I feel like he he does have some sort of feelings for, her, and like being used in this way by someone you have feelings for is really like sad. I think. Not only that, though, I think it, I think it makes me feel sad for Sawyer that he's sort of that, um, not desperate, but that. It's sad that he's that, um, what's the word, uh, vulnerable to Kate, you know. Yeah. That that he would that he would sort of you know you know have sex with her even though she's crying and not probably in a place to do to you know to have sex, but uh, right rationally or whatever. But uh, so it's not only that he's being used, but that he that he just has to be in that position where he's like she's crying, but uh, that's okay. Yeah. You know, and he's, it's like, he's he's in a position where he's able to be used. Yeah. And uh and he's sort of unable to resist that, I guess. Yeah. Um Yeah, so anyway, that's um that's a weird that's a weird thing. Weird. Hopefully weird she thing. stopped crying, like let's hope so. I, 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 I felt like, you know, she was she was she was sort of on the tail end of crying when she first came in there, you know. Yeah. I'm hoping she wasn't just starting up and it was going to be a, you know, shower <laughs> coming soon. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully. One would hope. Um, yeah. Or one would get the impression it wasn't going very well. Yeah. Uh, if the person is uh, continuing to cry constantly. It's sort of, <laughs> I don't know. I I would have a problem with that. But uh, anyway... A weird scene, a weird sort of subplot there. Um, 
not really how I thought it would go. But yeah, whatever. Um, guess we'll have more on that later. Uh, <laughs> I hope not. Oh, I thought you meant us. <laughs> you mean the show will give us? I mean the show. Later. Yeah, yeah. Not I thought us. you meant we're gonna comment about it some more later. I'm like, I hope <laughs> not. Let's be done with that topic. Well, there's one more scene about it, but yeah, we yeah uh, we we don't need to. Um. Uh, talk about it very much more. There's one more thing I want to say about a line that comes later, but uh, but okay. yeah, that's pretty much done. That's not not the kind of thing I want to talk about forever, but uh, it is what it is. Um, not on the podcast, at least. Part of the show. Right, right. Secretly, it's all I care about. <laughs> all right, now you've gone too far. Okay, sorry. A happy middle would have been great. Okay. <laughs> Something between those two. Okay, I just, I don't know. I couldn't make it. Um, Next scene, we have Jin telling a scary campfire story in Korean. Ding, ding, ding. With a flashlight on his face. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. Did I get a question right, or what happened? No, I'm, uh, uh, that I was highlighting uh, the, the, the things that I never want to see on Lost. Oh. Yeah. Which, uh, which, if I if I can take a quick second, uh, the things I never wanted to see on Lost that are in this episode, unfortunately, are people talking about oatmeal, mm-hmm. which I realize this is the second time. Mm-hmm. People whistling marching songs. Mm-hmm. And campfire ghost stories in Korean. <laughs> Three things I never thought I'd ever see on Lost. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know. Because they're all lame. <laughs> Just to point that out. <laughs> I get it. I get it. You know, I actually liked the the gen scene. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. I I thought I I thought it was I thought it was good. Um, but uh, upon reflection, it seems crappy. Um, I don't know. It's just to me, you know, it's just a waste of time. Uh, that's that's really why I don't like it. It's just sort of a waste of time. And I mean, what? I don't know. I don't know. I guess you can write that off as character development or whatever. He's you know bonding with them and getting you know. He's yeah. definitely a lot different than the Jen of old, but um, yeah, uh, of yesteryear. <laughs> right. Um, as but, in like a month ago. As in like a month ago. Um, this gen speaks English. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now with long hair. <laughs> <laughs> the posable, biddable, flexible gen. <laughs> now with bloody suit. <laughs> That's awesome. He's like an actress. <laughs> I got bloody suit gen. Cool. Yeah. I got overprotective season one, Jen. <laughs> oh, God. I've got fishing, Jen. <laughs> <laughs> with <laughs> with mini replica fishing nets. <laughs> then you got the campfire, Jen, with long hair and flashlight. Wow. That's all you need. He's got a whole array of characters. Very from Has- nice. From Hasbro, of course. From Hasbro, yeah. They, that's <laughs> what they do. Uh, get one for your kids. No, get two. 
Hey, get one for yourself. Screw the kids. Screw the kids. Kids can go play with Barbies. You know, action figures were always weird to me. I never knew what to do with them. They were uh, just fun. there. You know, like, I don't you know, know what to do with you guys. You know what I would tell you about that, right? Yeah, I know. You'd be wrong. <laughs> do you really know what I would say? Because I think you know what I would say about yeah. what your the, the, It's very fitting that you said that about action figures. <laughs> I do. I do. I do. Yeah, because I was the exact opposite. Yeah, wow. Anyway. Um, yeah, never never got into that. I was just, it was like, okay, here they are. Hmm. They're not doing <laughs> Dude, anything. I, I spent hours and hours and hours uh, playing with action figures. And, like, you know what the coolest thing was? I had some Star Trek action figures. I had Picard and LaForge and Worf. And uh, I think I had Deanna Troy. Uh, there were all these next generation action, action figures. And I would go in my room and I would like set up, diff- like, it would be like everything was pretty much like an away mission because I didn't have a model of the bridge. But my room would be like some planet and they would like find stuff. And like, yeah, it was, it was pretty sad, but I have fun. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. But, like, I just sort of had these things, and I would, I would like, take them out and set them up, and then they'd be, like, standing there, <laughs> and I'm like, okay, now what? They're just, like, standing there. I don't know what to do. Yeah. Like, like it was just, like, I'm supposed to, like, make up shit for them to do? Like, yeah. what am I? Do I look like a writer? <laughs> like, I don't know what they're doing. What am I, a TV show? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just... I don't know. I just couldn't. I couldn't. Um, couldn't do anything with that. It was just. Wow. It was just. Uh, ah, what are you? You and I would not have been friends when we were kids because that's all I did, man. Oh. I used to love action figures. Yeah, GI Joe too. Oh man, it's all about GI Joe for a while. GI <laughs> Joe, yeah, never, never really. I didn't even like TV show that much. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> All right, back to Lost. Back to Lost, back to Lost. Yeah, I mean, it was pointless, but, like, I I think I think pointless scenes are okay. Like, pointless character scenes are okay if they're good. And, uh, and I did like this scene, so I'll give it a pass. Okay. Um, uh, okay, and then um, my notes aren't very good here, uh, so... Uh, Charlie, Charlie asked Desmond about Penny. I guess he sees him with the uh, photograph, and uh, and Desmond speculates that Penny has been looking for him for the past three years. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, which uh, is of course the same amount of time that Juliet's been on the island. True. Which I didn't remember until he said that. Yeah, yeah. I guess. Uh, I guess they – I wonder, do you think – do you think that perhaps the reason he crashed on the island was because of Juliet? Yes. Okay. No, I don't. What are you talking about? Well, you know, if they got there at the same time, like maybe whatever they had to do to get through, like get Juliet through, do you think maybe that caught Desmond? Oh, I see what you're saying. Like, if there's some sort of 
energy thing or whatever. Yeah. That, that to get to the island that it somehow brought Desmond there also. Well, you know, of course it all depends on on when. I mean, I don't think they got there on the same day. I think that's the the big the big problem. Um. So I I think you know I I I would I would guess that they that they're several months apart from from when they landed on the island. I don't think they got there the same day. Okay. I have no idea on the days, but yeah, I mean, it's. I don't think we could say for really for sure either way, but um, that will be my mildly crackpot theory of the week. Okay, I I I kind of like that idea a little bit, um, only because like the whole thing with Desmond crashing on the island always seemed a little bit contrived to me, and uh, I like the idea that it was actually caused by something that it wasn't just you know an accident. Well, don't forget that the Black Rock is on the island. Okay, and Henry Gale's balloon and all and, that. And, 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 and the helicopter in this episode. And, and, and Danielle's crew and stuff. <laughs> yeah, obviously, you know, whatever. But maybe people came to the island each time. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I know that's not why the plane crashed either, but whatever. Um, I'm going to stick to the theory for now. Now, I, I obviously barely even believe it, but I'm going to throw it out there anyway. Just because the yeah. timelines are roughly lining up. Yeah, know? I mean, it, it's not out of the realm of possibility. Yeah, I think uh, I think if they wanted to, they could try to make that work. But uh, who knows? Who knows? Um, uh, so what he speculates is something that we that we probably know to be true, um, that she's looking for Desmond. Uh, so we probably know it to be true. Well, I don't want to say anything too emphatically based on like one tiny scene. It's you know you're you're inferring a lot based on that scene. You know, yeah. uh, there's the picture of Desmond on the thing, and like it seems related to what's going on, on the island. And, so you, and and you have her line earlier about you can find anyone or what he which he quotes again in this episode. Yeah. Um, if you have money and determination and uh. And so, so you sort of put the clues together and infer that she's looking for him and sort of has been looking for him and stuff. But, but you know, there could be some other explanation. So I just wanted to, I don't know, I just wanted to uh, equivocate a little bit. Okay. Um, so uh, then, suddenly, uh, a helicopter is heard. Whoa. Didn't right? see that coming. Did me either. Um, a helicopter that's invisible, and, uh... <laughs> it's the newfangled, uh, invisible helicopter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't... I, I think, don't... uh, I think Lockheed Martin makes that. <laughs> really? Interesting. Yeah. I didn't know they made the helicopters. Yeah, um, yeah, they make a lot of stuff. They make a lot of stuff. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I see. Interesting. So... So this scene and this and the whole this whole development in general, I found really confusing, like really confusing. So, okay. so maybe you can help me out with what's going on here. I'm sure okay. I can. Okay, they hear the helicopter, right? Yes. And then the helicopter starts to like. It sounds like it's slowing down. Yeah. Right, and they're like, that doesn't sound like a helicopter or something like. Or a helicopter's not supposed to do that or some some line like yeah. that. Right? And then, right, they look out and they see something splash in the ocean. Yeah. That was okay. that was the Loch Ness Monster. 
<laughs> yeah, that's that's that was the beginning of a plot thread that the writers are going to uh, incorporate more and more as the season goes on. More and more. <laughs> <laughs> well, because you know Desmond Scottish, right? You know, Nessie, the Loch Ness monster, Scottish. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, there's a connection here. It's very so. it's very interesting for for an animal to be you know <laughs> Scottish. Um, yeah. Well. Because you gotta wonder what does that mean, except that they live in Scotland. Yeah. You know what can they really do different? Well, I hope they don't have a Scottish accent. I want. <laughs> me too. <laughs> do you think you think Nessie likes haggis? <laughs> probably. I don't know if it eats meat. Probably. Yeah. Well. Haggises. Haggises. It's a bad word too. Haggises. Haggises. <laughs> Why are you saying? You mean no, haggis? I, I was gonna say haggis is gross. Oh. And I thought so you're trying to pluralize haggis. No. It's Haggai. <laughs> of course. Of course. Haggai, yes. The ring of the Haggai. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, no. Okay, so are you do you not understand what's going on at this point? Or are you are you about to get to your confusion? Well, like, first of all, like, what splashed in the ocean? The 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 helicopter. Okay, basically what happened. What? You can't <laughs> Okay, sorry. <laughs> okay, okay, this is what happened. They hear the helicopter, right? And it's, and it's obviously above the island somewhere. Yeah. Uh, they're sort of looking out into the sky. You, we, they don't know exactly where it is, which is why the camera never finds it. Not only that, it's, it's you know, supposed to be pitch dark. Yeah. Although you can kind of see the clouds, but it's supposed to be dark, so they can't see the helicopter. They can only hear it. Now, they, they, they hear the, uh, the blade of the helicopter slowing down, and they say, oh, that's not good. And basically, the helicopter is crashing. And then it eventually crashes into the ocean. And then they say, oh, well, we need to go out there. And, of course, there's no way they can go out there. They don't have a boat. It's really far, and it's dark. How are you going to swim in, you know, in the dark like that? So they can't go out there, but it doesn't matter because they see the flashing red beacon of the person who parachuted out. So oh. the flash is the helicopter. That's why it was such a big splash for how far out it was. I thought it was a little splash. It didn't look but, that big. But it, it was, looked like it a was crashing really far. helicopter. It was really far in the distance, though. So that means it was a big splash. Okay. It, I mean, it was. You know what I mean? Like, it was small. If it's small, far away, then that means it's really big when it's close up. Claude's law of inverse distance appearance. Hey, it's a law of physics. What can I tell you? <laughs> Yeah, no, I understand. I just uh, I just think you should have a law named after you for that observation. Uh, hey, I think I should. I think I think someone else probably came up with that first, but uh, I'll take it. Probably, probably. It just looked like a little bloop to me. Like it just it didn't have the appearance of a like helicopter crashing. Yeah. Like I didn't see like any of the helicopter. Like all I saw I think, was the splash. I think I think the the problem is. I think what they what they what they did was use the fact that it was night to get around having to do any actual helicopter like visuals. Mm-hmm. Um so you don't really see anything. Um and I think uh oh, what else was I gonna say? Oh, and I think the other thing is I was expecting the helicopter to sort of explode because usually when things crash they explode. Yeah. But it it didn't explode. So I think that was the other thing that that sort of can make it not seem like a crash because it didn't explode. Yeah, if I'd seen an explosion, I might have followed it better. But like basically, I thought that the person like jumps in the water. 
you know, and they were like, mm-hmm. we got to go out to, to get her or whatever. And then, like, I didn't understand, like, <laughs> okay, and here's what else you, I thought. Wow. <laughs> and here's what else I thought. I thought that that, like, flashing red thing, the beacon or whatever, I thought that was an airplane. Like, you know, that flashing red thing on the back of the <laughs> airplane wings? Yeah. You know, when they fly at night? And so I thought, I thought the person jumped out and jumped in the water, but then I got really confused because they weren't in the water. They were in the jungle. Yeah. And that's what, like, threw me off because I'm like, how the fuck did that happen? Well, on, on the island, water and jungle is the same thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. I forgot about that. That's Claude's third law of thermodynamics. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I got a lot of crazy laws. You do. Good news is they don't charge you for them. Yeah, well, that's really nice of you. I'm a, um, I'm a saint. The, I use them all the time. I would I would owe you a pretty penny. <laughs> um. So does that clear up what's going on? Somewhat, somewhat. Okay, okay. So I follow you so far, but my next question is, um, and that's why like my synopsis is kind of bad because I didn't know what was going on. <laughs> you didn't on. know what to write down because you didn't know what was going on. Exactly. Like I was really confused. So, so even on watching it again, I just didn't follow. Okay. I think the main thing, the main problem for me was like understanding the helicopter crashed. Like, yeah. I thought I just I don't know what I thought. I thought the sound wasn't really a helicopter. Like, it was just, like, the plane making a helicopter sound. Because <laughs> they do that sometimes. <laughs> Which, yeah, I know it doesn't make sense, but when they're like, a helicopter's not supposed to sound like that, I thought that meant because it's not a helicopter. But <laughs> Stewardess, stewardess, why is the plane making a helicopter sound? Oh, calm down, sir. The planes just do that sometimes. Oh, okay, thank you. I'm a nervous flyer. Thank you. Good. <laughs> Yes. So, okay. So the final thing is when they see the red flashing beacon, that's, I guess we see that later on the parachuter. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, and so that's what that is. But like, wasn't she over the ocean? Yeah. The the idea is that she jumped out that the, that the helicopter was sort of above the Island, but then right when it started going out of control, you know, went on a trajectory obviously towards, you know, where it ended up crashing, but she jumped out way before that. But, like, when you see her in the air, it looks like she was over the ocean. No, 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 no. When you see her in the air, she's over the, she's over the island. Because they were on the beach. I thought they were looking out, uh, like, from they the were, beach. They were looking sort of to the left, which is the ocean, and to the right, sort of behind them, was the island. I think the angles are weird because I think they weren't necessarily – I mean, the beach may have curved or something, too, I think, maybe, was the problem. They well, weren't sort of on a very a straight angle with the with the with the island. And you're so you're supposed to believe that 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 that, went, that, that shot is over the island. Yeah, because I think they don't they pan down and they show they show it landing in the you know in the, uh, in the island. They show it landing. Yeah, I mean that's why Desmond's like, hey, we need to go. You know, we need to go get her. What episode um, did I watch? I didn't see that. <laughs> what the did you, fuck? Did you, did you watch Lost? Uh, I did, I think. I swear I did not see a scene where you see her land. No, 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 no. You don't, it's the same scene. You don't see her land. You see the dot land. Really? You see the dot go down, yeah. 
Oh my god. I I can't even believe it. How did I not see that? Like what am I what am I doing that's causing me to not see that? It was a it was a really small it was a really small dot. Yeah, I'm watching it right now. It's at like twenty one minutes. Yeah, it's really small. You were probably looking at them looking at the dot and you didn't look at the dot yourself. Okay, what what what's the time? Twenty like right at right at twenty one minutes. They they have that scene, all four of them are looking, not really convincingly, but they're looking at the dot. Oh, okay. They point the other way, I see. And there yeah. okay, there's the dot. There's the dot. There's Desmond and Charlie. Okay. The dot 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 dot. And that's it? Wow, it didn't get all the way down, but I see what you mean. You do see yeah. the island. Um, yeah, God, I don't know what, I guess like I was so focused on the dot that I wasn't even looking at what was below it and I just assumed it was the ocean, but they do turn the other way. I was just being extremely unobservant and that's why I got really, and plus like the whole helicopter thing, I I was just, (laughs) I was getting, you were still reeling from the helicopter fiasco. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's what happened. Like, I was still trying to figure out what was going on, and then they're seeing more shit that I didn't understand. And so, yeah, my mind just tried to put it together, and that's where I came up with my airplane theory. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Because I really thought, like, when they saw that dot, that it was, like, heading out, like, flying away. Like I, I just completely oh, perceived you, it so wrong. You, you didn't think the airplane was 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 falling down. You thought it was heading away. Yeah. Even though the dot wasn't getting smaller. Well. Because of yes. course that's that's one of my that's that's one of my theories of uh, thermodynamics. You're right. <laughs> thermodynamics. The third the law. The dot should have got smaller as it went out. It should have. I thought I thought that it sort of did. I thought that it was losing intensity and kind of getting weaker, but. Um, looking at it again, I can see that it's going down. Yeah. When I, like when I know what I'm supposed to be looking at, like it, it seems I can tell what's going it's on. Like, it's like a magic eye. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you need to know what you're looking for, and then you can find it. I you think, know, man, those things never work for me. I've never seen the thing. Me either. Yeah, me I've either. never seen it. I, I, uh, I've done all the shit. I've had I've had moments where actually I've had I've seen some really crappy ones like some of the some of the really easy ones I've been mm-hmm. able to get to work but the hard ones the ones with like all kinds of shit going on where it looks like nothing just a big yeah. blob of of mess you know like no those are never never yeah. work for me like I've no. had moments where I feel like I'm on the verge of making it work but I can never actually do it yeah I I feel like they don't actually show you anything and it's just some sort of like psychological phenomenon that everyone sort of thinks they see stuff because they're like you're supposed to see a rabbit oh I see a rabbit <laughs> and you really don't see a rabbit you mm-hmm. just think you see a rabbit because you're told you're supposed to see a rabbit I, I like to believe that because I never see the rabbit there's definitely a mechanism in the brain to sort of make you know see patterns in things yeah you know in general and like it's like it's like those those trick pictures where they can look like different things if you look at them differently yeah. you know and you sort of like do a switch in your brain where you see it a different way you know mm-hmm. like let me look at it this way and you you so you can't really do both at the same time it's kind of weird yeah um, but i think uh 
Yeah, I agree. I think there's there's some kind. Of, I believe I believe it works because enough people have done it. But I think I think maybe it's it's some I don't know. It's some kind of thing like that. So you believe in uh, aliens and UFOs too? No, I don't actually. Enough. Hey, enough people have done it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, you got you can you can win with that one. I guess. All right. No, I'm not. I know. I, I believe people see it. I mean, I don't know. Whatever. But uh, I wouldn't be surprised if whoever created like the magic eye thing was was like, yeah, I just made that up, and there's no, there's no brain's not doing anything. And... <laughs> yeah, yeah, I wouldn't and be surprised. He's str- <laughs> strangely crotchety for some reason. I don't know why he's like that, but all right. So inventors always are. They always are throughout history. Uh, Alexander Graham Bell, here's your goddamn telephone. Mm-hmm. Now leave me alone, Watson. I'm trying to sleep. Oh, Alexander, you're so funny. <laughs> Everyone's British. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, that's that's what happens. They're kings among men. Okay. Uh, kings among men. I'm going to say that all day long. Oh, God. Yeah, it's a it's a fine phrase. I don't think I don't think you can overuse it. So I don't think uh, so either. So I think you should just use it as much as possible. I think you're a king among men. Wow. Yes. I think we're all kings among men. Kings among men. We're the men. <laughs> That's what kings I Kings among know. men we are all. Uh, okay, so so we just discussed this scene um at length in detail, uh this whole helicopter, I guess the helicopter, okay, so what happens is, I, w- I can't read this from my notes, the helicopter crashes, <laughs> and the uh, the pilot ejects or jumps out or whatever, uh, and parachutes down, they turn over and see them parachuting down, okay, and then at this point, Desmond wants to go out to where it fell, um, and uh, uh, Charlie refuses to go. So then Desmond agrees to leave in the morning. Now, I have a question about this because this is weird to me. Because in his vision, you know, it was during the daytime when they found yeah. it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what the fuck? Like, I, I said the exact same thing. I wondered, doesn't Desmond know that, they, you know, they that Charlie was killed in the daytime? Yeah. And therefore, you know, he needs to sort of wait. Either, either he's just too zealous and, and not really thinking or... Or the fact that the flashes happen so fast, he's you know not really aware of stuff like time of day and stuff like that and mm-hmm. surroundings. You know, he's just you know. I mean, if you get a flash of you know this guy you know dying, that's probably what you'll latch on to more than anything else. Yeah. So I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. I mean, I think I think there's a whole sort of fallacy going on in general about this whole future seeing thing and and you know what what would have happened if they would have went then and not later when it was daytime and and all that stuff but they they probably wouldn't have found um you know Charlie wouldn't have found the little the little hula doll which let them find the backpack with mm-hmm. the book cuz it was dark they wouldn't have seen it you know mm-hmm. like a lot of things probably wouldn't have happened um and i think um, and I guess we'll talk about that at some point, is that um, this idea that sort of fate sort of, you know, has a plan and, you know, you can change things to a certain degree, but it always sort of course corrects. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's what that was. Maybe Charlie deciding, you know, to put his foot down and being a, being a stubborn uh, mate. <laughs> okay. 
um, uh, to be a stubborn mate, uh, that that was sort of fate kind of course correcting itself. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Or okay. bad writing. Or bad writing. Always option D. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So uh so then Desmond agrees to wait till the morning and uh that's the end of that. Okay. Next scene we have a flashback. Desmond goes to visit Ruth, who is Derek's sister, the guy who punched him in the face earlier. <laughs> and uh I just wanted to point out uh when when Desmond first arrives, he says, you know, is your sister in? And uh, Derek says, leave now. But with his accent, it sounded to me like he said, leave no. And uh, <laughs> so so I thought what was going on is that he's like, you know, Desmond's like, is your sister in? And he's like, leave. And then he answered the question, no. Like, I thought that's what he said the first time I watched it. Like, Leave. <laughs> No, she's not in. Like, I, that's what I thought was going on. Anyway. And now we know what it's like to watch Lost with Justin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's weird. Okay. I mean, that's odd, but I've had my share of odd things I thought was going on, so. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, I guess I had a lot of them in this episode. That one was a really fundamental <laughs> problem, I think. And, like, it led me to think the plot of this episode was nonsense. Like, at least at yeah. least there's an explanation. Like, I really thought, like, this show is, like, completely lost <laughs> it. They don't give a shit what they do. It'd be, it'd be like, like, it'd be like they found the hatch in the jungle, and then they're like, all right, come on, let's go swim out in the ocean and, like, go <laughs> in the hatch. Like, yeah. You know, like, something, like, ridiculous. Because like, I just thought, like, you saw it over the ocean. What are you doing going in the jungle? Like, you're crazy. <sighs> but, yeah, anyway. Um, so, yeah, there was that. And then uh, and then Ruth uh, shows up and lets Desmond in. And we learn through expositional dialogue <laughs> of the first degree yeah. that, uh, that Ruth and Desmond were to be married and that uh, Desmond had this uh, experience after getting drunk, uh, having a monk wake him up. That, uh, or not wake him up, but he was there when he woke up, or something like that. Uh, yeah, from he was uh, he went and got got pissed. Yeah. Which um, I love that that alternative use of the word. And um, and then when he woke up, Brother Campbell was there. Yeah, uh, here in America, pissed means uh, angry. So, yeah. Um, it sounds odd to say I'm gonna go get pissed. Yeah. You know, uh, like weird, weird thing to intentionally do. But um, uh, yeah. So uh, so he he explains that that's why he um he uh just sort of abandoned her um uh while they were making plans for marriage and went to become a monk. So um. It's just sort of a it's just sort of a little background on Desmond, I guess. Uh, oh, Desmond, you left me at the altar, <laughs> did you? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, the whole thing was weird. Well, I wanted to know. I mean, it's a very sm- minor thing, but uh, I just wanted to know how long had it been since he, you know, sort of skipped out, and then when between when he skipped out and when the brother punched him, because I thought it was like a while, because you know Desmond had the whole. 
you know, vow of silence thing and all that stuff. And I thought it had been a while. And I mean, maybe the idea is the brother just now tracked him down yeah. or something like that. But uh, I thought that was, that was, that was odd. I thought and it had been like a couple months. A couple months? Yeah. Would you, like, would you still be in the mood to go punch somebody though? In the mood? I mean, I think maybe he's just doing it on principle. Like he may not feel the rage anymore, but he can sort of talk himself into it. You know. Yeah. Because he feels like he should do that. Scottish pride. <laughs> I think uh They've got the hearts of William Wallace in them all. <laughs> oh <laughs> that's what they got. <laughs> that's what they got. A whole country full of William Wallace's. William Wallace. What are you gonna do? Uh, you know, I finally I finally saw Braveheart like a couple months ago for the first mm-hmm. time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Best picture, man, 1995. Watch out. It was long. It was long. I mean, it's, I mean, how is a movie like that not good? I mean, you know, great, fine. I don't know. How did it happen? <laughs> how did what happen? How, how is it not good? That's a good question. Yeah, I mean, it is, it's good. Don't what are you going to do? It, to, if you have a, lot, a big epic, I mean, it, it's, got, it's got a lot going for it already, you know, mm-hmm. so. If it was bad, I'd be surprised. Mm-hmm. But it's not. <laughs> so let's move on. Uh, okay. Um, so, yeah, so that's that on that scene. It's uh, it's just one of those little scenes, I guess. Oh, I did have something else to bring up okay. about this scene. Um, I didn't I didn't know. I, I wanted to ask just in general, um, was Ruth looked really young compared to, to Desmond, yeah, and I didn't know if if the idea that you know she was just sort of a lot younger than him in general, or they got a younger actress so that to make him seem younger. Uh, I didn't know which one that you know to make it seem like this backstory was taking place longer than his age would allow, basically. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, I think there's this supposed to be a while ago, but I'm I'm thinking. How long? How long? I mean, um, she looked like she was in her early 20s at the yeah, most. Yeah, she did, and she seemed to be living at home. Um, yeah. Because her brother was there. Um, yeah, I think... Where do I want to put this? I I, I guess... Uh, well, he meets Penny at the end, so... Yeah, and that's the thing. He meets Penny at the end, so it couldn't have been that long ago. I'm going to say... I think him and Penny were involved for a while. I think it was like two years. So maybe two years. Then he had like all that shit with the military. I think he was he was at least in prison for like a couple years. I'm gonna say like at most ten years ago. Wait, the prison thing must have been before the monastery thing, then, right? No, of course not. No, because the prison thing was after Penny. Oh, that's right. Oh, I was thinking, I was thinking the prison thing was before Penny. Okay. Okay. So and that's the whole thing. He gets out of jail and blah blah blah. Blah blah blah. Yeah. <sighs> then you have your yeah. You have your like running around, getting ready for the race, and then you have your race, and then you have your three years on the island. So I, so I'll give him ten years. I don't know how old he's supposed to be. I mean that the actor seems like he's like mid to late thirties. Um, yeah. So, so in that case, like whatever, it, it, it's a little bit off, but maybe he just married, you know, a young, yeah, girl. A young lass, young lass. 
Yeah, she just seemed like really, really young. She did. I agree. She did seem really young. Um, it, it just, it really, it really didn't help for me that she was living at home. Presumably, like it, it made her seem really like immature. Yeah, like, are you ready to get married? Like, yeah. What are you doing, honey? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you need to go to a monastery. <laughs> You got problems, girl. You got problems. She's got her own problems. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we can move on. Yeah, I mean, just a look at that house. Like, it didn't look like she owned that house. You know, it just no, seemed like that didn't, look, that didn't look like. I mean, maybe she was just at her mom's house. Uh, whatever, but. Mhm. Uh yeah, it seemed like she lived there. Yeah, it was, uh... I don't think it, I don't think it matters either way because I don't think that the writers really put any time or thought to where it, because I doubt we'll ever see her again. Oh, me too. <laughs> me too. A very incidental character. I think she she's just supposed to give background on Desmond and explain why he became a monk and all that. But uh, Yeah. All right, so there's that. Um, next scene, we have Jack and Juliet yucking it up again. Mm, um, you know, ha, 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 my dad taught me to drink, and isn't that hilarious? Oh, you know... I know we're mocking this scene, but I really like that. I really like that scene. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, I, I actually did, I did like I really like that exchange with uh, oh what I'm using a hammer. What's the big deal? You did never taught you how to use a hammer. Oh no, he taught me how to drink. Well, he said something like I don't know. Maybe it's just uh, Juliet. I think I'm in love with her now. Oh, everything see. she does is just perfect. <laughs> it's like uh, everything you say is just great. I don't know. <laughs> I, I if I had the choice, I'd become another. Oh, I switch. Wow, wow. Just so I can hang out with Jules. Jules, Julie. <laughs> wow. Oh, Jay. Anyway, no, I like I, that. I like that little scene. I didn't dislike the scene. I I just find it easy to mock. Yeah, it is easy to mock. Um, the scene was fine. I just I didn't think it was great, but it. I mean, it was it was like what, four lines or something. Yeah. Really barely anything there. Um, so uh, Sawyer comes over and uh, proposes to Jack uh, a game of ping pong. And uh, so then they go play oh, well, ping don't pong. Forget about the don't forget about the Lost Lowdown reference. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I forgot <laughs> about the, the, seemingly, the seemingly Lost Lowdown reference we wish. Right. Uh, the Lost Lowdown reference is, of course, um, the part when uh, when Sawyer says the following thing that <laughs> I'm going to read. Um, oh, someone's stalling, maybe. So Sawyer walks up and says, hope I'm not interrupting. You two arguing over who's your favorite other? So, yeah. Uh, Man, when I heard that line, my heart like skipped a beat. I was like, what, are you kidding me? You just played that game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and if uh yeah, if 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 I didn't know that the script was written and they were in production weeks and weeks ago, I would yeah. uh, I would wonder if the writers really listened to us. It'd be really nice. It'd be really nice. Um hopefully one day they'll get one of the really specific things in there that it'll have to be from us. Yeah, they can do um I don't know what they can do, but Something. Something. Uh, it's it's one of those lines that's it's a very it's one of those like classic lost 
you know, metal lines, like mm-hmm. little nod at the audience and stuff. And, and also with lines like that, it's usually like, you wouldn't say that. Like, I don't know if it were me, like I'm not laughing about the others, you know, at this point, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't feel like you're going to play who's your favorite other. Like in this situation, like the others are like really like bad people you yeah. know, to them. And like, it's not, it's not, to me, it's not something funny. Like, you know, they strung Charlie up from a tree and, you know, kill people. And, and it's just like, I don't know, not like kidnapping Claire and all that stuff. Like, I don't that know. That was Ethan. That was no, Ethan. No, okay. Um, yeah, you know, and that's the thing. From my perspective, we, we've seen some fun moments with the others. Uh, but from their perspective, well, not that many fun moments. <laughs> yeah, no, not too From many. their perspective, uh, yeah, they really should be. I mean, when you're playing Who's Your Favorite Other, like, no one should win because you should hate them all. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? The person who wins is the person you hate the least. Yeah. <laughs> That's who wins Who's Your Favorite Other is the one you hate the least. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. I guess that's yeah. I guess that's the problem. And it's always Aldo. Because <laughs> he never did anything to anybody. It's like who's your favorite terrorist or something, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's see. We got Bin Laden. <laughs> we got. Um... No, I can't name that many terrorists. No. Well, you know, <laughs> there's never been a few, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's just one of those like. And one of those lines that's, like, funny but really unrealistic, I think. Yeah. Um, like, let's go camping. Like, let's go camping, right. <laughs> uh, that makes me groan every time I think about it. Yeah, I know. Um, okay, so any more? Any more? You got any more on this scene? No, I'm, I'm done. Okay, so Jack and Sawyer are playing ping pong, and then Sawyer mm. finds out... I love to watch people play ping pong. Yeah, that's well. the most interesting thing you can film ever is people <laughs> playing ping pong. The writers of Lost know that. And that's why we get to see them do it all the time because it's so interesting. Can you detect my sarcasm? You're what? <laughs> oh, exactly. Uh yeah, I understand your um your um extreme disdain for this uh this uh sort of waste time plot device. Uh, yeah, and can I can I say one one other thing about the ping pong table? I didn't notice before that it had a huge hole in it on Jack's side yeah. in this episode. And how anyone can play on that table and think the game is fair is beyond me. Because that's it shouldn't be fair. Because all Sawyer has to do is hit it where that hole is, and you know, what is Jack gonna do? Mm-hmm. Actually, it should be out of bounds for Sawyer because it didn't hit the table. Mm-hmm. So, but it's within the bounds of the table, but it didn't hit the table. So I don't know who would get the point on that. Hmm. Hmm. I guess we, they should shouldn't just play on it, huh? Hmm, I guess not. Just give it guys. All right, so go ahead. So uh, then they get in this little conversation, and uh, Sawyer finds out uh, about all this Kate stuff uh, that that she that she saw Jack and Juliet together, and that was right before she came in to uh, have sex with them. So um, 
So he does a little deductive reasoning here, I think, about what was going on there. Yeah, I you know I think in and that that part this scene played out really strangely to me from a writing perspective because, um, you know we we've seen this kind of scene before where a character does something for some reason and then and then some other character sort of through a a third character figures it out uh, yeah. you know, why they did it. Um, but it was it was so it was such a loose you know um, such a tenuous. Um, what am I trying to say? Um, Tenuous at best. Yeah, it was just... It wasn't very meaty, if I can use that word. Mm-hmm. Like, usually usually the explanation for why somebody would do something like that, there's, there's, it's obvious. Like, once, you know, once the Sawyer-type character figures out what happened, you know, the chain of events, it's really obvious why they did that thing. Yeah. But, but it was like, oh, he saw them eating. She saw them eating. Oh, that's why she slept with me. Like, mm-hmm. to me, that's kind of a weak connection, although that's what happened. Yeah. But, uh, so I either feel like Sawyer's being, like, really... Like I think in most in, in most cases, Sawyer would have sort of been jumping to conclusions, but it just so happens that's all it took for Kate to to, to do that, and so mm-hmm. that little weak thing panned out, and his you know his deductive reasoning reasoning was was correct, but it just it just seemed like really just weak writing to me. I don't know. I don't know who wrote this episode. I, I need to let me go look that up because uh, I'm gonna write them a letter. Are you really? No, I don't write letters, but I might write an email. I was gonna say, like on stationery. Yes, from the from the desk of God <laughs> from the last lowdown. Dear sir or madam. Dear the human making son, your episode Catch Twenty Two was full of folly. <laughs> uh, and I'm British again. You um, are. Jeff, Jeff Pinkner and Brian K. Vaughn. I'm looking at you. Right. So Brian K. Vaughn is a new writer. Uh, uh-huh. I learned this on the official podcast. Oh, great. Apparently he used to be a comic book writer. Oh, he's on the wrong show. You should go apply at Heroes. So, yeah, I know, right? So, uh, oops, what happened? This isn't Heroes? This isn't Heroes? Big cast? Primetime show? Wrong one, huh? Oh. <laughs> oh, well. So a lot of people are attributing the superhero conversation to him. Um, oh, it's a, that's the best he could do? Yeah, that is the best he could do. <laughs> my contribution from my my background, my chosen field, will be this really inane <laughs> conversation that, like, people have had that conversation before, too. It's not, you know, okay, yeah. whatever. Yeah, and you really yeah, nailed right. it. It's like it's that is very Kevin Smith. I think um I think uh uh like the spirit of it is sort of Quentin Tarantino esque, but like specifically Kevin Smith has done scenes like that. Yeah. And uh and uh they're a lot better, I mm-hmm. think. Uh a lot better written. Um I think yeah, it, it was it was it was really weak. If that's like all he's got um from his like years of experience. <laughs> his years of experience in comic books. And all it comes down to that one central question, who's faster on foot? Right. Yeah, exactly. That's um yeah, that is wow. pretty pretty lame when you put it like that. But um anyway, he's uh, he's, know, he's a new guy, so You know what's funny? I was just looking up who uh 
who wrote, you know, these episodes, and, and Jeff Pinkner, you know, co-wrote this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, he also co-wrote The Glass Ballerina, Not in Portland, and The Man from Tallahassee. Oh. Now, what's interesting is that he co-wrote The Glass Ballerina with uh, Drew Goddard, mm-hmm. and, they, and they, both, they both wrote The Man from Tallahassee, too. Mm-hmm. So, a crappy episode and a good episode. Interesting. Hmm. Interesting. And not in Portland was good. And not in Portland was good, but that was with Carlton. He Pinkner oh. co wrote that with Carlton. Carlton, so, you yeah. Know, what are they gonna do? Yeah. It's Carlton. Yeah. I think he knows. I don't know going. Carlton. I think we should sh- shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Carlton, I think they should go camping. Yeah, you're fired. <laughs> yeah, that's uh it must be weird co writing with Damon or Carlton. Uh that would be, I don't know. If uh, You wouldn't feel like your input had as much value, I don't think. Yeah. You're, like, so not on equal footing. Yeah. Well, and I like, think that's the, you know, I think that's the, that's part of the job of a showrunner is to, to make the writers feel that they do have, a, you know, <laughs> that they are a valuable part of the team. Because uh, they are. You know, oh, they sure. are. But, um, you know, what are you going to do? But, like, that, all they can really bring, I think, it basically, like, you know, fundamentally is sort of like like littler, smaller things. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, the overall story is, is there. I, I don't think they're really going to have a big impact on that. Yeah, I mean, something like the exchange about the oatmeal or the exchange about yeah. the hammer and the drinking and the dad. You know, things like that is, a, uh, you know, I'm just talking on my ass, but <laughs> I've never written for a TV show. But that, that's the kind of stuff that seems like what they, you know, what they can, they come up with. The main plot lines, you know, the writers in general come up, as a group, come up with that. And, uh, yeah. you know, they all go over the episode and they write a treatment and an outline and all that crap. And mm-hmm. But uh, let's go back to the episode. We're boring people. Okay. <laughs> all right. Um, so next scene, the foursome, the fearsome foursome. Please. Um, are marching through the jungle. And they stop, and Charlie finds the hula doll. Picks it up, doesn't he? He certainly does. Uh, there's, um, a, there's a lot of uh, sub- human subconscious where anytime you see a doll or children's toy of any type, mm-hmm. in any condition, in any place, mm-hmm. in any time, you must pick it up. <laughs> Claude's fifth law of thermodynamics. It's as compulsory as closing your eyes when you sneeze. Mm-hmm. You just gotta do it. Compulsory. Compulsory. <laughs> What's the word? <laughs> I like that one. Yeah, I don't, I think, I don't, is it compulsory? It, that that would be a word. Yeah, that would fit. Yeah. They are compelled to do it. Whatever word I mean by that. Yeah, compulsory Compuls- works. Compulsory. Compulsory. <laughs> this is like a place. This is like a place you go to do something. It is. Yeah. I'm gonna go like. Do something at the compulsatory. Oh, oh, okay. I thought you meant like compulsatory New Mexico, a place where people go to find themselves. Compulsatory? No, no. More like, yeah, I have to, you know, I don't know, something at the compulsatory. Yeah, I guess it seems like a place you would go, like, uh, like you're not I obeying guess... the government enough, so you got to go down to the compulsatory yeah. and get your mind <laughs> reoriented. I spent I spent five days in the compulsatory. <laughs> And now I'm a good little citizen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, man. Words, words, words. Okay, so uh, 
so yeah, the doll, that was the point of all that. People just, they can't do it. But of course, this is not a Rousseau trap because it's not the normal baby doll. It's a, yes. this hula doll. So um, uh, then Desmond sees the backpack and he goes and gets it by stepping on Hurley. Um, <laughs> in, yeah. Uh, in, yeah, that was weird. In a move that I thought was sad and demeaning, it sort of reduced Hurley to like a... like A, a stump. Yeah. <laughs> like a step stool. Yeah, like, yeah, here. Ugh, like, just, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, he, if he would have done that to Charlie, he probably would have broken his back. I know. <laughs> you know? Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, I agree. It just, yeah, and he's like, ow, or whatever, and uh, Desmond just sort of hops off and carry on. It's a very strange little thing. But uh, anyway, he gets the backpack, and uh, he pulls out um, Ardil 22, which mm-hmm. uh, is uh, Catch-22 in Portuguese. Portuguese. Uh, uh, if you uh, want to look that up. Ardil, I actually looked it up. It actually means something like ruse or trick. So mm-hmm. whatever. It's uh, it's not a precise translation, but uh, anyway. Um, That's weird. Mm-hmm. Seems like, um, seems like they should have just translated the word catch. Yeah, no. But they sort of translated the whole meaning. Yeah, yeah. Huh, interesting. Maybe, maybe, maybe the 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 Portuguese phrase for catch twenty two isn't uh, isn't catch twenty two. Obviously, mm-hmm. it's something else. I don't know. What would you, I mean? It's a book title, so what would you do? I don't know. Yeah, I mean the phrase came from the book title, so you know it's doubtful that uh, that they would have that phrase. You know somewhere else just out of nowhere oh the book title came first yeah oh okay yeah i think (laughs) that's what i've heard my sources are saying that that's where the phrase came from (laughs) wikipedia yeah no i'm actually not looking at anything i just that's what i've heard okay Um, i'll buy that that sounds right uh so anyway um uh, pulls out the book, and then they pull out the satellite phone, which, uh, <laughs> you know... Which is really, really high-tech, I got to tell you. It had, like, this touchscreen thing, and, like... Yeah. There's a whole thing on the Internet about, like, the fact that it very vaguely looked like the new iPhone that's coming out, and, mm-hmm. like, oh, the whole thing about that. And it conveniently dies on cue, mm-hmm. um... Which uh, is a surprise to no one. Like, you know, at this point on the show, I'm so beyond getting excited about rescue. Like, you know, there was like there was a point in the early days. Like, I think even when they built the raft, that I was like, yes. Like, I felt like some hope about getting off the island. Like, I was yeah. I was sympathizing with them on the on the attempt to sort of get off the island. You know, and so I so I actually like felt you know that 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 was a goal to attain and, like, sympathize with them on that. But um, at this point, like, I I am so completely unmoved by this, like, thing that could, like, they could make a call and, like, tell people all kinds of stuff, like, instantly, you know, and, like, and I'm just completely, like, indifferent to it. It's like, Yeah, because oh. you know it's, nothing's going to happen with it. I know. Like, oh, it died. Hmm. 
like, and and the whole thing was like triangulating the signal, and then they knock Saida. I was like, oh shit, they're gonna ruin everything. Like, yeah, like that that whole like. That's funny. You're totally right. Cause when that when I saw the sad phone and it died, I didn't give a shit. I was like, whatever. Yeah, exactly. Whatever. <laughs> it's one of those things that I felt like if they had a satellite phone in early season one, like it would have been a big deal. Yeah. But now it's just like like Saeed would try to like power it somehow, like what can we do? Like I feel like they try to like make something work, but uh like can I rig some kind of battery to power this thing or whatever, but now it's just gonna be like whatever. Well, not- I think I think Saeed will get it eventually and they will do something with it. I don't think they introduced it for no reason, but I don't think it's gonna come to much. Yeah, I agree. I think I think they might like overhear the others talking about some plan or something and mm-hmm. find out that you know, find out about Juliet or something or mm-hmm. I mean why they would overhear them on a satellite phone, I don't know. <laughs> I don't either, but I was going along with it. <laughs> but hey, who knows how technology works? Who knows indeed. Who knows? Um, who knows what things can talk to other things? <laughs> Uh, it's a question that many have pondered, um, and we here can only hope to, um, I don't know, state it. I don't so, think it'll be a question ever answered in our lifetime. No, probably not. Probably not. So, yeah, it's just, it's just like, it's one of those things like, um, like when you're growing up, you sort of never notice that you're growing, but, you know, if you, if you all of a sudden, like, look at a picture from five years ago, you're like, oh, shit, what happened? <laughs> Like it's, I, I feel like I'm like we've we've so slowly gotten to the point that I'm indifferent about rescue that like now it's just shocking like how little I care about it. Yeah. And I'm just like, ugh, whatever. That was a strange but fitting analogy. <laughs> <laughs> like, where is he going with growing up and what? Okay. Yeah, I, I thought it worked. Anyway. Yeah, no, it worked. Um. Uh. Uh, just came up with that. Just made that up just now. Um, Good point. So then uh, Desmond opens the book and finds the famous uh, picture with him and Penny uh, that we saw taken back in Flash Before Your Eyes and, of course, first appeared way back when we first saw Desmond with a different woman and then reappeared in the season two finale. Um so uh, I don't know why I felt the need to give a history of the picture, but uh, <laughs> anyway. And now we're all we're all up to speed. Thank yeah. You. So um, so yeah, he finds the picture, and uh, this leads him, I think, to believe that it's Penny that whose well, uh, parachute is. Well. What 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 do you say? Well. <laughs> um. See, there's there's some. There's some ambiguities here, but I think that I think what we're supposed to believe is he knew someone was coming to the island because of the flashes, and he hoped it. I mean, that's basically what he said is that he hoped it was Penny, but once he saw the photo, he knew it was Penny. Mm. Okay, that's where I got that idea from. That line where he says that it's true. I see. Yeah, <laughs> but it's confusing to me because like. He seems to say that he saw it happen, but I don't believe him. You know, he saw what happened. That he saw like Penny being there. See, that's the thing. They make you they make you believe that somehow in the episode, both times when I watched it, 
it comes across like he thinks Penny is the one who came to the island. Yeah. The whole time, you know, and that's why he's so, you know, upset about how to, you know, how to go about things. It's all Catch-22 with Charlie dying and, and Penny coming to the island because he thinks it's her. Mm-hmm. Because you know, if, he, if he thought from the beginning it was someone else, he wouldn't have been so delicate about how he handled things. Right. If it was just some random person. But he thought it was her, even though all signs point to no way, Jose. Like, why would he think Penny would be flying a helicopter <laughs> and, like, and, like, parachuting to the... I mean, is she, like, Rambo Penny? <laughs> like, jeez. <laughs> Does she have some skills we don't know about? I don't know, but that sounds like a good spinoff show. <laughs> <laughs> I can see, yeah, I can see her, like, parachuting in to demilitarize zones and... <laughs> Taking out, taking out terrorists with the uh, AK-47s. <laughs> My name is Penelope. <laughs> Penelope Widmore. Explosion oh, in the background. <laughs> what? Explosion in the background. Oh, of course, of course. Walking You'll away do like from an explosion indifferently, you know, it doesn't phase yeah. her anymore. Like shit's just exploding behind her, and she's just walking, no problem. <laughs> She's like, you'll have to do better than that, Mendoza. <laughs> Mendoza. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, she does a she does a roll on the ground, and she takes out her gun and shoots him in the head. Of course. And she's like, I always get my man. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, like, it's so right a crappy, lost, Rambo Penny spinoff. <laughs> Of course, the perfect like eighties action movie yeah. like catchphrase thing. <laughs> like, <laughs> and she like blows the smoke from the barrel. Like no one in the eighties could shoot someone without a quip. Like, yeah, don't yeah. like you're about to shoot him and you don't have a quip. You can't shoot him. You got to wait. You can't. You can't. You you, if you if you shoot without a prepared quip, you will miss. <laughs> exactly. You'll miss until you figure out something to say, and then mm-hmm. you'll then you'll make it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I always get my man. Oh, God. That's good. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, man. Like, Rambo Penny, we need you in the Congo. You can't afford me. <laughs> oh, That's never stopped me before. Oh, Quentin, you're so droll. <laughs> and then the cut to them rolling around in the dirt. Quentin, Quentin St. John. <laughs> he's the male lead, and he's got an eye patch. <laughs> eye patch and a hairy chest. Mm-hmm. Of course. <laughs> Quentin St. John. Yikes. All right, all right. Wow. Wow. I got my, I got my pilot idea. We we got a lot out of that little thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> wow. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, well, I can't wait. I'm uh, I'm looking forward to reading it. Sounds uh, sounds interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I will. Uh, yeah, I'm not writing it. <laughs> oh, I will. Yeah. There goes my enthusiasm. All right. So uh, next scene. We have Kate washing her neck. Uh, <laughs> How sexy can she be? 
You know, that was the grossest thing I've seen in a long time. <laughs> because she's, like, washing it over the water bucket. Mm-hmm. You know, and, like, all of her dirty neck sweat is going back into the bucket. <laughs> uh, I mean, I hope that's not the drinking water thing. Maybe that's, maybe that's just where you wash your hands or something. But, like, she was just, like, dripping it back into the, the water. And I was mm-hmm. like, that's just gross, Kate. <laughs> And it made me it made me wonder how much latitude do the actors have for for scenes like that? Because I'm like, if I was the actor, I'd have been like, does it make sense for me to be over the water thing? You know, can I like throw some water on me and walk away or something? Like, you know, but it just sort of it sort of fits for her to be hanging over the water thing, throwing water on her neck because mm-hmm. she's so hot. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Temperature-wise, please. Temperature-wise, indeed. <sighs> yeah, this this scene was weird. Um, I, I don't think we've ever seen anyone washing their neck before. So. What, are you, what are you doing, Kate? My neck's hot. Leave me alone. <laughs> well, your neck don't get hot? My neck is hot. <laughs> <laughs> Look at you all acting like your neck don't get hot. You see all this hair I got? It makes my neck hot. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, why don't they have lines like that on the show? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I wish they did. That'd be awesome. So Kate's washing her neck. Sawyer comes up, gives Kate his mixtape. Uh, that they referred to earlier that I didn't even mention in that line, but um, yeah, you didn't even yeah, <laughs> mention that, huh? No, I forgot. He's, he's, yeah, he said that earlier in the afternoon delight scene. Mm-hmm. What do you want me to make it a mixtape? It's basically one in a string of his little. It, it sort of goes along with uh, um, that, the number that, thing. Yeah, the thing he said to Anna Lucia. Uh, yeah. Um, you're gonna give me a phone number. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's a it's good. You know, I I like the thing about the mixtape because it's it's uh it wasn't as on the nose as the the phone number thing, but um, the phone number thing was really funny. But uh, but he you know he gives her a Phil Collins best of Phil Collins, and she sort of scoffs at it. And I'm like, that's a pretty good tape. Like, I mean, if I had no other music on the island, I wouldn't mind listening to some the best of Phil Collins. Like, there's, some, <laughs> there's some good stuff there. So um, uh, don't scoff. Well, yeah, okay. <laughs> I think I, there's some good stuff. I thought she was scoffing at the idea that that was a mixtape. You know, like. All it is is Phil Collins' greatest hits. Like it's not really a mixtape. Like I, that's what I thought the scoff was about. Oh, and not scoffing at Phil Collins. Yeah, I mean maybe a little scoffing at Phil Collins, but like yeah. at least partially scoffing at that other thing. Yeah, yeah, maybe yeah, maybe that's it. Um, I, but yeah, stranded on an island. Like if I were stranded on an island, that's not what I would pick. But but I take it. I mean yeah, I mean there's there's a couple of good you know Phil Collins songs. I mean. Everybody's heard Sister Studio, right? Sister Studio. Can't can't beat that for, you know, having sex in a mirror and staring that, at yourself. Uh, that's Genesis, though, right? I'm pretty sure that's Phil Collins solo. Oh, is that solo? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I think he actually addresses that. But, yeah, you uh, can't beat that. Yeah, it's uh, one of those weird songs. Um, 
that uh that I think I could listen to on an island. Um and of course he's a drummer, so I have a soft spot for drummers. Yeah. Um in terms of uh not uh, uh never mind. Um uh, I just like them as musicians, you know, cuz uh, cuz I play the drums and so when drummers like write songs and stuff, I feel some sort of affinity for them. Uh it's not like, you know, whatever it sounded like. Anyway, um then uh after he gives Kate the mixtape, he confronts her on the whole uh the whole thing that he found out from Jack that uh that she saw Jack and Juliet eating together and uh basically insinuating that that was uh that was what um that was the reason that she uh came to to have sex with him and uh, mm-hmm. and uh and then he says uh you ain't gotta use me, freckles. All you gotta do is ask. Oh. So um, I'm not sure I really understand what he's saying in that line. Um, but uh, well, I think he's just saying like, if you want to have sex with me, just let me know. Oh, okay. Not like you don't have to like, I guess pretend it's for some other reason. I think that's what he's saying. Oh, okay. I mean, I guess, I guess maybe the confusion is that he he's getting used, right? I mean, yeah. Maybe that's maybe that's what's throwing me off. It seems like you ain't got to use me, just use me. Like you mm-hmm. know, it just seems kind of weird. It's a weird line. I guess maybe you're not being used if they tell you you're being used. If you're aware that you're being used, it's not. It, it negates the use. I see. Yeah. I mean, I. I I can see that in a sense. Um, fair enough. So, okay. Next scene, we're back to the foursome. Um, Charlie Charlie tells Desmond that Desmond thinks that Penny is there on the island. Uh, Charlie tells Desmond that Desmond thinks that what? That's what I wrote down. Is that not what happened? <laughs> I think maybe Charlie tells somebody else that Desmond. Charlie tells Hurley maybe. Charlie tells Desmond that Desmond thinks that Penny is there on the island. Hey, Desmond, you think Penny's here on the island. <laughs> All right, let me look up the scene, because I don't know what I'm talking about here. Um, this is really, uh, let's see, all you got to do is... Maybe, no, I think Desmond tells Charlie that Charlie thinks it's Penny on the island. No. <laughs> no, here it is. The first line is, Charlie, you think it's her, don't you? Desmond says, who? Charlie says, your girl, Penny. You think it's actually her who bailed out of the helicopter. So yeah, Charlie tells Charlie, Charlie tells Desmond that Desmond thinks that Penny is there on the island. <laughs> so, um yeah, so well, I was it's right. just like Charlie tells Desmond Well okay, yeah, that's what he tells her, but Charlie thinks Charlie thinks that too, right? Well, I guess he doesn't necessarily think that, but he's the one who's saying it. He says that Desmond thinks that. Yeah, okay. Um, and then Desmond says, "Early, I hoped it. Now I know it." <laughs> it was very poetic. Early, I once upon, to, I chanced upon to think it, and then later, <laughs> later I, I hoped it. Now I'm in the knowing of it, and then later in the passing of it, I knew it to be true. That was very, very strangely poetic. <laughs> it is. 
It is. Um, and then Charlie says, why didn't you tell us? And then De- I'm reading the transcript here. Um, and then Desmond, uh, yeah, so so Desmond says that he knows it's her. Charlie asks why he didn't tell them. Desmond says they wouldn't have come, which is something he's really sticking to um, for various things in this episode. He ha- if he doesn't stick to it, then his, then the gig is up. It's a crappy plot. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Because it's a crappy plot anyway, and if he if he if he's shaky on that, we'll we'll know it's crappy. Yeah, if he's like, uh, yeah, then uh, then it's it's over for him. Um, and then Charlie says that he would have come. Of course he would have come. And uh, then Desmond then Desmond sees Charlie a quick flash of Charlie dying again, um, and then it starts raining. It always rains. It always rains. Um, the rain is just like sudden and like it's a downpour. <laughs> like every time it rains on the island, it's it's just boom and it's a big yeah. downpour and then it just stops. There's never like a light sprinkle or or anything sort of in the middle. It's 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 full on like hardcore like holy shit I'm soaked rain or like nothing. Yeah, you know, the rain thing really makes you think, and you know, a long time ago, I think most people could sort of agree that the island is is more or less in, in sort of normal Earth space or whatever. Um, but, um, but you know, the fact that it rains on the island and it's subject to, you know, these sort of predictable weather patterns or whatever, you know, lends itself to, to being, you know, reachable, you know, because if clouds can get there, why can't we get there? Mm-hmm. And the helicopter got there too. So yep. Um, so it's becoming more and more. Um, it's not like you know before. You know, there were theories that the island is constantly moving, or it's in a different dimension, or like all this mm-hmm. other crap. And it's like you know, it seems less and less likely that that it's that crazy. Yeah, I agree on all counts. Uh. Okay, so the next scene is a flashback, and we see Desmond getting drunk on the monk wine. Getting what? Getting drunk on the monk wine. Oh, wow, that's kind of weird. Yeah, it does sound weird when you say it like that. It's got some kind of rhythmic thing going on. Drunk on the monk. Drunk on the monk wine. He's monk drunk. (laughs) He's a drunk monk. That monk is getting drunk on the monk wine. (laughs) Junk mug. Wow. He's a junk mug. That's a monk junk monk. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. So uh then Campbell, brother Campbell, brother Campbell comes in and chastises him for drinking the wine. Um mainly because uh because they don't make that many bottles. And, and it's like, uh, was it really expensive or something too? And that it's, yeah, and uh, and yeah, exactly. And that it was expensive. They don't make that many bottles, and they get a lot of money for them. So you know, that's why you shouldn't be drinking that wine. Like, <laughs> if we yeah. had like a warehouse full, it'd be fine for you to get drunk. Like, and we didn't get that much for them if they were cheap. Like, it yeah. seems odd that that's what he brought up as the objection, not the fact that he's a monk. Like, getting drunk, like. You know that that seems like something monks wouldn't do. You know, uh, sit there and 
Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't. I don't know if they're if they can drink or not. Um, I think they probably can drink, but like sit there and like get drunk. Like I feel like that's probably you know, if not like a cardinal sin, it's at least sort of a no no. You know, it shouldn't be a cardinal sin. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> because uh, that would mean it should apply to everybody. Um, it's just monks, but um, a cardinal monk sin. Excuse a me. cardinal monk sin. Okay, uh, a monk cardinal sin. Please. Right. Um, no. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't really know what is what is what his point. Maybe his point was that um, you know Desmond was sort of being selfish by drinking that because you know that's that's money that they won't have to do their monk work or whatever. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't really know. I see. I get your point. I thought the same thing too. Um, I think I think it was I think it was mainly just unbecoming behavior of a monk. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but he just sort of basically said, "Hey, we don't we don't have a lot of these bottles." Yeah, it was like it would be fine if these other things weren't true, but you know, yeah. that's yeah. It just struck me as odd because he just never seemed to object to anything but those things. So, anyway, that was a bit odd, but uh, but it is enough for him to demonk him. He uh, he says, uh, "You're done. You're finished. Whatever." Um, and then he also says that uh, Desmond is destined to do some something big. Mm-hmm. Blah, That's blah, what he tells blah. everybody he kicks out. <laughs> yeah, he tells everybody that. Oh, you're destined for greatness outside of these four walls. I'm sure you say that to all the demonked monks. <laughs> I'm sure you say that to all the people who will go on a solo race around the world and get stranded on a crazy island. <laughs> um. So, I, I mean, I hate when they do this. I really do. You know, when they when they have these like these lines that suggest this character, you know, being of great importance mm-hmm. because like, I just feel like at the end, at the end of the day, they're not going to deliver on this, you know, he's yeah. just, you know, like they, they sort of did that with Locke um, a little bit in, in, um, in that further instructions episode, like you're a hunter, John, and like all this bullshit about, him or whatever, <laughs> yeah. and, you know, and wow. Forget about that. I know it's easy to, and he uh, and he's done stuff, of course, but it just sort of like it suggests this like grand purpose that that I just don't think they're ever going to deliver on, and so I just grow weary of all these suggestions of all these, you know, great things he's supposed to do, like or maybe they just mean pushing the button or some bullshit like that. I don't know, but well, I I think I think right now the biggest thing that Desmond's going to contribute is is presumably um, Penny is going to find, if not already, um, you know, find the island, which will be the first big step into getting them rescued. Um, and that will pretty much be because of Desmond. Her love for Desmond and her determination, her money, um, allowed her to, you know, spend all the time and resources to find the island. And I, and I think that could be looked at to his, his great thing is res- helping to rescue all these people, you know, mm-hmm. Visa V Penny. Um, wow, I just said Visa V. Nice. Wow. That's a good one. Why That's did a I good say one. that? 
I never say that. I've really never. I don't know if I've ever said that. Sorry. That's uh, Latin, that's, right? Uh, sure. Yeah, that's uh, that's uh, all good words. All good words are Latin. That's one of those that I've that I've read and like I read it. I don't think I hear people say that very often, but I've read it a fair amount. But it's but it's I so rarely get the chance to use it. Um, uh, seven points. Seven points. Wow. Yep. Wow. I think it's a good one. I think it's a good one. Is that the highest I've ever gotten? Oh, no. You got a nine for something. I forgot what it was, though. Did I get a nine? You definitely got a nine. a nine. You so got a nine. I remember it. I remember. I just can't remember the word. You definitely got a nine, though. I got a nine? Yeah. Huh. I got I to gotta figure out what word You that pulled was. out a crazy word. Maybe the fans can help us. Oh, was it, um, was it, it wasn't, um, ethos, was it? No, it wasn't ethos. That one what did fetch you a high score, but I don't think that was your nine. Hmm. Anyway, um, so yeah, I, I I sort of think at this point that's that's what all this sort of great thing he's gonna do is just sort of, it's not that he's gonna do it, but he's gonna you know be a part of it, um, which is help get these people rescued presumably at some point, not anytime soon. It's plausible. I said pushing the button because of the thing um, Miss Hawking, who appears in this episode in the badly photoshopped picture, says, uh, pushing that button is the only great thing you'll ever do. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, based on that, that's that's where I got that whole thing from. Yeah, um, but was that really a great thing? Well, I, I agree, it was crazy but, like, anyway. it's one of those things where if the writers, like, write that, I'm like, okay, I guess, you know, I guess I'll sit here and believe that was great, even if, you know, I don't think it was. Well, but then don't forget, there's the there's the thing that the writers can do where where somebody else tells Desmond something else that's great that he'll do, and he goes, no, I've already done my great thing. And they go, you're wrong, Desmond. You're wrong. <laughs> and then, like, there's something else. I mean, you, that's the cool thing about writing. Like, you can say something. I mean, we talked about that earlier, that sort of revisionist history, you know, yeah. like... Oh, this is the best, the greatest thing you'll ever do. And then oh, we need him to do something else that's great. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Just have have them have them be wrong about the first thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Oh, Miss Hawking. And then we find Miss Hawking. Oh, I only told you that so you would blah blah blah. You know that whole thing. Right. I just said that so you would do this. Uh huh. Yeah, you're right. That's an easy easy thing to get totally. out of that. It kind of reminds me of the button, the whole button thing, like. If you, you know, don't push a button, you know, in 108 minutes and, like, the world will end or whatever. But, you know, if you if you miss it by, like, a minute or so, like, <laughs> yeah. it doesn't matter. Yeah. You got you got a little time. You got, you, you got, time. like, you have, like, a lot of time before it becomes cataclysmic. Like, but you definitely have a good window, like, of, like, at least, like, 30 seconds before there's serious trouble. Yeah. You know, so it's like, what does 108 minutes even mean? It's just sort of like a general suggestion. And and it just makes it shitty, I think. Like, to me, like, boom, it should have been over, but whatever. Anyway, it's one of those things where you want to, like, have that nice suspense, but, you know, you you, you can't really end the world, you know, in in episode, like, whatever that was. That's that's pretty much the main reason 
with uh, that they have like bombs with countdown timers in movies mm-hmm. is because you know if, if if someone if a bad guy in a movie really wants to blow something up, just blow it up. Don't have a don't have a thirty second countdown timer. You know, but we want that suspense. We want him to be. Oh no, he's got five seconds left. He's, he's going to right. the bomb. You know. And the funny part is they always put a nice readout on the bomb. Oh, of course. <laughs> like it really doesn't need to have a readout. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it, it's nice for us to look at. Yeah. Yeah. Like, see it running down. Wasn't there was this was it Die Hard Three where they 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 did a little twist on the readout or something? There was some movie where like the re, like something like the readout was upside down or it was something. Maybe I'm making this up, but there were, I thought there was some movie where they they had a little twist on it where where we thought the readout was saying one thing, but it was saying something else and. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it was, but there was a bomb in Die Hard Three, but I don't remember the readout. Hmm. It was in a school, but yeah. Man, you know, everyone rags on Die Hard Three. <laughs> what? Everyone rags on Die Hard Three. Who does? Everybody. Oh. People consider it like the worst one. Really? Yeah, like um. Who I was did just that? watching. I was just watching some show. I've seen I've seen several jokes on TV shows about. When they, like they'll bring up Die Hard and they'll reference Die Hard Three being the worst one. Like I think I was watching some show, and like the wife was trying to do something nice for her husband, and she like she's like I ran all the Die Hard movies except for oh, and, and then he was like even Die Hard Three, you know, like he said it like ugh, that one doesn't count. Yeah, bitch. Otherwise it'd be two movies. Like come yeah. on. <laughs> yeah. Like that's <laughs> to me. Yeah, I know. I've uh, I've heard that quite a bit. That. uh Something about the third one, people. Uh, I think it's because it's so different than the first two. That's why it was better. That is why it's better. <laughs> it was so nice. It opened up the world and like. Yeah. The, the, I thought the second one was the worst because it just felt like a retread. Yeah. Like they they had the same kind of like trapped in like shit you know plot, but like yeah. ooh, it's in the airport now. Watch out. You know, but he's not like on the plane. He's just in the airport building. Yeah. So like it's you know it's just Die Hard again. Like it, it's just I don't know that to me that was yeah on, on the plane is that Harrison Ford movie yeah or, or Air Force One or something Air Force One yeah yeah or even Executive Decision or uh, hey is it the same movie <laughs> <laughs> I think it might be you decide you decide did you see two movies or one. <laughs> Uh, but that's weird. I really didn't know that there was this 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 uh, perception that Die Hard Three was the worst. Yeah, yeah. I think um, I think it is. Wow, wow, wow. Hmm. I should say I think there is. It's you know it's not a great movie, but as far as Die Hard movies go, I you know I think it's pretty good. It's got a lot of fun yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's definitely fun to watch. Yeah. You know, what else do you want from a movie like that? Yeah, I agree. I agree. I, the first time I saw it, it's thoroughly entertaining. Anyway, we're way off here. Um, love it. Go rent it this weekend. Um, go rent Die Hard 3 if you haven't seen it. If uh, you have, go rent it again. Yeah. Uh, so, the next scene uh, is a flashback. Oh, I already said this. I'm losing track. So, let's see. Oh, I finished this. Okay, okay. The next scene. Not so easy, huh? Sorry, the next Not scene is so easy, huh? I forgot to, I forgot to uh, mark that one as that I already said it. So uh, the next scene is actually not flashback, but rather on the island. Uh, the foursome are walking through the rain. Jen asks about Penny, 
And uh, uh, and then Hurley recycles a line from uh, Trisha Tanaka's Dead, where he says, uh, he says, uh, even if I spoke Korean, it wouldn't make any sense. And uh, the line in uh, Trisha Tanaka was dead was uh, uh, was uh, was. Uh, oh yeah. I forgot now. Shit. It was something like, even if you spoke English, it wouldn't make sense. It was, it was, it was just a slightly yeah. different version of that line. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. I don't even want to bother looking it up, but it was recycled. I thought that was kind of lame to uh, to try to lame use that. slash cool. Try to use that joke twice. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, slash cool. Yeah, because it's 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 kind of nice. It's kind of good, like in terms of character development or something. Like he that he. You know, because sometimes characters don't seem to be aware of their past and what they've done in their past, mm-hmm. and it's and to use a line like that, it seems it connects the two. But uh, but then it's also kind of crappy because you know, I mean, if that's if, if that's a joke, I mean, that's the kind of thing I don't even I don't call that a joke. That God, if that was supposed to be funny, then I need something something I don't know. Uh. I think it's a joke, but you know, humor is subjective. Yeah, um, yes. I mean, I didn't find it funny either time, but I, I don't know. I get the sense it's supposed to be a joke. Yeah. But um, okay. So Jen asked about Penny, and then we have that line because obviously Hurley explains it to him, but he didn't know what he's saying. So you know, what are they gonna do? Yeah. He's just not gonna understand for a while until Sun can tell him. Yeah, exactly. So, Sun won't know what's going on either. No, she really won't. She wasn't there. She wasn't there. She'll fill them in. I think Jen will just get it by osmosis like he always does. Yeah, you're probably right. Probably right. He'll figure it out somehow. So uh, then then the superhero conversation starts that we uh, remember from the beginning of the episode. And uh, this, this leads Desmond to become alarmed because he remembers it. And... Um, Charlie triggers the trap just like before. Yeah. Uh, he steps on the wire, and then Desmond realizes what's going on. He sees the trap and everything, and and uh, then he, uh, after a little delay, springs into action and uh, pushes Charlie out of the way of the arrow, saving his life. So. <laughs> Thus banishing the evil forces back to Never Never Land. Um, I, I just wanted to say I, I liked how... Um, how the conversation, how the the superhero conversation started, I thought it was it was fairly well done. You know, very sort of um, a casual, realistic flow of conversation. You know, from the you know hurry up to I'm not the Flash, and then you know it's sort of it was a gradual. Um, they didn't just say, "Hey, you know who's faster than Superman?" Yeah, <laughs> right, know? right. Yeah, I thought I thought um, I know I've been knocking the writing all episode, but I, I'll just say I thought that was that was that was nicely done. Mm-hmm. It was very it was very um, very realistic the way it came up. But uh, so the whole thing with Desmond and the you know was he really going to let Charlie die? I mean, obviously not. And you know, like like many people said, and and most people knew that uh, you know at the, in the very beginning of the episode when we see Charlie dying, you know we know it has to be Desmond's flashes. We know Charlie is not going to die in the first 30 seconds right. of the episode. He's not Nikki and Paolo. No. They're the and only even they characters. Died at the end. Even they, yeah. 
But, like, I would buy them dying in the first minute. Yeah. But, uh, but Charlie, like, unceremoniously, like, just, like, boom. He's yeah. dead. Like, that's doesn't it. Doesn't say bye to Claire. Doesn't say anything. Any- yeah, no way. So. Yeah. Like, I bought that scene for real until that, you know, until that happened. And as soon as as soon as soon he, like, triggered the thing, I'm like, oh, man, yeah, this is so a Desmond, like, flash forward <laughs> thing. It seems so obvious. Um, okay, so um so Desmond saves Charlie for the fourth time, for those of you keeping score at home. The next scene is later and they decide to split up uh <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I love Harley is so so ridiculous. I think it's Harley to blame. When they're like, Jin wants to go one way, and Desmond wants to go another, and then it wasn't Hurley who was like, okay, Desmond, you and Jin go the way you want to go, and me and Charlie will go the way Jin wants to go. And it's like, yeah, wait, that doesn't make any sense. Why wouldn't Jin want to go the way he thinks they should go? Oh, that's weird. I didn't even pick you know? up on that. It was so weird. I'm like, that doesn't make any sense. Jin thinks we should go this way, yet <laughs> you want him to go the way Desmond wants to go? <laughs> Why don't we all go the way Desmond wants to go then? Wow. Yeah, that's yeah, weird. Yeah, it was really weird. And then, I mean, they did that so they could do the switch up. Oh, no, I'll go with Charlie. You know, Charlie's like, okay, I'll go with Desmond. And yeah, you but they could have like, done, like, Hurley and Desmond, and Jen and Charlie would go Jen's way. Mm-hmm. And that would have made more sense. And, like, Jen, you and Desmond go Desmond's way, and me and Hurley <laughs> will go your way. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. That is really weird. It didn't even occur to me at the time, but now it just seems ridiculous. Yeah. Wow. It's the kind of things I pick up on, man, because I'm always, I'm always, you know, figuring out. Because once they split up, I'm like, oh, okay, well, Charlie needs to go with Desmond, right? And then when they're like, okay, Charlie, you go the other way, I'm like, oh, really, huh? Oh, Jim's not going to go his way, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And then, of course, they, they fix it and they go the right way. And I don't know why they couldn't have just, I mean, all they had to do was shuffle a couple of people and then it would have made sense. Yeah. <sighs> Whatever, guys. Um, what were they thinking? Hmm. I don't know. So, but, yeah, it does give us um, <laughs> the opportunity for, for uh, Charlie to say, no, I think I'll go with Desmond, um, you know. A move that makes sense since, you know, he's, yeah. he's the guy who's saving your life all the time. Uh, at a certain point, you kind of just want to be around them. As long case. as they continue to save your life. Right. <laughs> and not hesitate like uh, some Scottish people we know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, you know, if you don't, if you don't like, stand by him, like, you're going to die, like, no matter what. So, you know, if he lets you die, then whatever. But at least you have a chance. Yeah. You know? So, uh, yeah, so anyway, uh, they split up uh, Damon and, not Damon, Desmond. <laughs> Damon's in the episode. <laughs> Hi, guys. I don't have any pants on. A really shocking development. Yeah. Yikes. The man behind the curtain is Damon. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Wow. Yikes. Vincent, like, runs out and... Yikes. <laughs> Yeah, I uh no, da- uh da- I want to say Damon. Here's what happened. Uh I I was I was a little lazy in this part of my notes and I wrote they split up 
D and C and J and H. <laughs> Damon and Carlton. And yeah. I see D and C, and I want to say Damon and Carlton, exactly. Because yeah. I've written that before. So, um, yeah, so that's, that's fucking me up. Desmond and Charlie in one group, and Jan and Hurley in the other group. So, uh, so they split Jirly. up. Jurly. And, uh, and Hin. Hin. Um. And Chesman and right. Darley. Right. Darley. Oh, Darley. That I'm sounds really obnoxious. That's a, like, really obnoxious name. <laughs> this one name is Darley. <laughs> God, that sounds really obnoxious. <laughs> wow, you're judging Darley, and you've never even met her, him. Well, because it seems like Darley is kind of like darling, you mm. know? And it's like, oh, I'm Darley, like, and it's just, and it's, you know, a made-up name, and mm-hmm. she's very pretentious and very annoying. Yeah, I and agree. If there's any Darleys out there, I apologize, but that's my feeling. Sorry, so. Darley. Prove me wrong, girls. Prove me wrong. Oh. <laughs> uh... <laughs> Oh, Darley. Wow. Yeah, that is a weird name. Hmm. Um, you know, it's not a weird name. Hey. That's, that's how you got to do the segment. Hey, you. I'm trying to teach you how to do oh, it. okay. I see. That's, I thought you see, were, that's what you got to do. I thought you were commandeering the podcast. No, 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 no. I'm trying to, te- I'm trying to show you uh, how to do a segue. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. So, so you know, it's not a segue. <laughs> that's weird. <laughs> No, nice. that's a good one. That's a good one. No, it should have been. You should have been. You know, it's not teaching me how to do a segue. Mm-hmm. That's 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 really where the, the the juicy part is. I see. I see. What I did was some kind of weird meta thing. It was close. Um, yeah. You know, it's not a segue. This segue. I don't know. Anyway, um, uh, so this gives the opportunity for Charlie and Desmond to have a little talk. Uh, little tete a tete again, um, along the lines <laughs> of the conversation they had at the beginning of the episode. Um, Charlie confronts Desmond about the fact that he believes he knew about the arrow trap. Um, you and, said duck, and then uh, what? Nothing. And then Desmond says that if he told Charlie the truth, he wouldn't have come. <laughs> Yeah, I love that. I've heard this before. But what if I would have? But what if you wouldn't? And what if I didn't? And what if he does? The end. Uh, that's what happens. If I if I if I did what makes sense, then something. Yeah, they should they should I think for once they should do what makes sense and then see if that's true. And then mm-hmm. If it is true, we'll never again have to wonder, mm-hmm. you know. But it's like sometimes you got to take the road less traveled just to see. <laughs> mm-hmm. I agree. It'd be nice. It'd be nice for a change. Like, why didn't yeah. you? Why didn't you lie to me about the fact that I was going to die? Like, well, I don't know. It seemed like the uh, rational thing to do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, see, Charlie, I told you the truth instead of lying to you, and look where it got us. And it's like, yeah, Desmond, you're right. It would have been better if you would have lied to me from the beginning. <laughs> and then uh, we as an audience would be satisfied mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in situations like this. Yep, yep. Um, so then he says that he was supposed to let Charlie die, and uh, and he speculates that this might be um, a test from God. Um, wait, 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 whoa, whoa, whoa. He says he was supposed to let Charlie die? Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Yep. 
What does that mean? I wrote that shit down. Let me see. Uh, uh, what does that mean? Uh, let's see. God, it's hard to find. Oh. Yeah, he says that. He says that exactly. Yeah, I was yeah. supposed to let you die, Charlie. He goes, the flashes don't happen exactly how I saw them. The picture changes. I was supposed to let you die, Charlie. That seems like a jump in logic to me. I'm not really following what he's talking about here. See, that's the thing. Okay, if if the picture changes, then that, you know, that really calls into question a lot of what's going on in this episode. You know, the picture shouldn't change. Yeah. I know. I know, but it does. And and, and maybe that might explain Para Avion, the whole birds thing. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you know, the idea that, oh, Charlie was going to get this bird way over on the side of the island for you, blah, 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 and all this other crap. And, right. you know, him shooting the birds. And and if the picture changes, that's fine. And, and they should tell us that up front. Right. They'll make us guess. Okay, so the picture changes, which which for them, it's easier for the writers if the picture changes. Oh, yeah. You know, because they can be like, oh, crap, we wrote ourselves into a brick wall. Or we wrote ourselves into a corner. Oh, well, the picture hey, changed. Hey, the picture changed. Look at that. <laughs> Look at that. Now we can do whatever. And you can just drive right through the wall. See, when he says, I was supposed to let you die, unless he, unless he had a vision of himself just standing there watching Charlie die, I don't know why he would say that. Yeah, it is a weird thing to say. You know, and it's to me it's it's not good enough just to see Charlie die because who knows, you know, in that in that time frame maybe Desmond wasn't watching or whatever, and, you know. And you know what's fucked up? Like I th- now that I think about it like like he's he's in the version of the flash that we saw at the beginning of the episode, mm-hmm. like Desmond was completely unaware of what was going on. There was there yeah. was none of that like, oh shit, Charlie's about to die, like nonsense. Like it oh, just yeah. it just happened. Like you think his future seeing would account for the fact that he can see the future, you know, but it doesn't. Like in in what he saw the future, he had no idea what was going to happen. And and uh, you know, there's something wrong with that. Because it's yeah. not it's not taking into account the fact that he can see that. Well, if it did, it would it would. That's the thing. It's like it's like the chicken and the egg almost. It, it's a recursive thing where yeah. if his future vision takes into account the past, that then the past needs to take into account future, and it's this like recursive loop thing that never stops or starts, and it's just you know it's just a bunch right. of mess. You know, um, they, what they really need to do is just, I wish they would, like, write down the rules of which they're working with here. Yeah. Because that's the thing about this time travel and seeing the future is that there's all kinds, you know, there's no hard set rules and how, how it's going to work. So we don't know how it's supposed to work. Um, but, you know, this idea that the picture changes is, is an important clue. I mean, I guess the idea is that he saw, and I guess we're talking about it now, so... Um, he he saw a vision of the future, right? Not necessarily how things were going to happen, but how things could happen. And I guess more specifically, how things would have happened, <laughs> specifically speaking, had he not had that vision. Mm-hmm. Um, but he did have the vision, which let him, you know, garner up all of the troops, the fearsome foursome, and the whole camping thing, whatever. 
And um, and at this point, like I said before, I wonder in the original vision, in the original timeline that you know, and of which the, we saw the vision, the flashes. Um, I mean, why were they? Why were all four of them there? Yeah. You know, I mean, presumably it was you know to go rescue the pilot, but um, you know the whole the whole guise of camping was that involved or not, or did you know did Charlie agree to go just just for whatever reason you know like those are the kind of questions I want to figure out like we, are these things really supposed to line up or not you know just because you know say for, you know the whole thing okay Desmond knows that the four of them need to get out to the jungle you know. Why does he think that if he just hangs around, you know, for the rest of the day, that a good reason won't come up for them to go to the jungle? Why right. does he create this reason to go? Right. You know, and that's one of the weird things about this whole seeing the future thing is, do you need to make it happen or is it going to happen regardless? Mm-hmm. You know, he seems to think he needs to make it happen slash it's going to happen regardless. Yeah, I know. He he's like all great lost characters. He's he sort of not quite sure what he thinks about certain things. He seems yeah. to say sometimes he seems to say it's just going to happen no matter what, and and then other times it seems to say I have to make it happen. You know, mm-hmm. I gotta really I gotta be really careful. This shit that I saw as the future won't happen. Like, yeah, it's like whatever. But like it it's just bothering me that like he can save Charlie and sort of change, you know, the future. So 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 he saves Charlie and then his his future scene corrects itself to some other death for Charlie, you know. It just seems like his future scene could take into account the fact that he can see the future. You know, and that and that he should have seen himself saving Charlie because he saw himself saving Charlie. Yeah. But then, what would be the point of that? I don't know what would be the point of that. It just seems like well, that. Because you're saying he would. He's saying, what if he would have got a vision of him saving Charlie? Um, like it seems like that's what should happen. <laughs> you know, like the fact that he's like changing it. Like it, it just. It seems like his future thing is just crappy. Like it's this weird. Like it's this weird thing that like. Might happen, but probably won't because they're showing it to you. Like, yeah, I think that's pretty much what it is. It's pretty much this is this is the future. This is what's going to happen if you don't do something to change it, basically. Yeah. You know? Like, at the very instant before you get these flashes, this is what's going to happen. For You know, maybe, maybe Hurley would have come up with a camping idea on his own and come to everybody and said, hey, let's go camping, and then they went to go camp, and then they saw the, hel- the helicopter – and that's how they originally get out there. Mm-hmm. But now that Desmond is trying to get everyone out there, you know, um, he's the one sort of, you know, being the mastermind behind everything. I mean, I really think that's how you have to look at it is that that's, it's, it's one possible future, and obviously it's going to change because especially when it has to do with Charlie dying because they're not going to let him die. Um, to me, the biggest problem in this episode is the idea that this whole Catch-22 crap and this idea that, like, if Desmond doesn't, the Desmond thinks if he doesn't let Charlie die, then Penny won't come to the island, you know. But I feel like at the point to which you know the 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 helicopter's already crashed and the pilot has already landed, 
he should be safe to to change whatever he wants, you know. Because yeah. it's not like it's not like saving Charlie is going to make the the helicopter uncrash. Mm-hmm. You know, he should be safe at that point. You know, with with changing things, right? That's what I don't understand. I don't understand why he thinks he has to see it all the way through to the end. Yeah. When he's already, you know, at a certain point, halfway through, he's already gotten what he wants, which is the pilot on the, you know, on the island. Right. Whatever, whatever he can do that would actually impact that situation is already, is already done. Yeah. That that person's there, and that's it. You're not gonna. Yeah, and and let's not even ask why he would think that. Anything he did on the island, you know, and you know, anything that he did on the island would would impact the helicopter landing on there or not. You know? Yeah. Why would he? Th- I don't know why he think. I mean, what does he think he could do? Like, oh man, if I if I start this campfire, then like you know, the embers will go and rise up, and then it'll uh-huh. rise so high it'll go into the helicopter engine and like cause it to overheat, and then like that's why it'll crash. And like, I mean. Maybe he thinks that, but yeah, embers don't fly that high, buddy. Mm-mm, not my embers. No. <laughs> Why are you making fires? I know where you live. <laughs> There's a no bonfire ordinance in your city. I don't know about that. I think it might be legal. No, oh, can you burn your trash in your backyard? Maybe. I don't know. It's always a weird thing. Yeah, it is a weird thing. Just burn it. Just burn it. If you burn it, it disappears. Yeah. <laughs> That's the uh, Pyromaniac's credo. Pyromaniac serial killer. Just burn it. And clawed thermodynamics. Exactly. Some might say they're all the same. Uh, I think I should be questioned by the police right now. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. I'm growing suspicious. Uh, okay, so, yeah, that's, I mean, there's all this, I mean, whenever you introduce this whole future seeing thing, you're, you're bringing up problems that have plagued, um, stories like this, you know. Plagued mankind, please. <laughs> and mankind. <laughs> uh, this is a collective problem that we all must endure. Since, like, the first story where this happened, I don't know, Shakespeare, probably even before that, probably Greek tragedy, had stuff like this. Greek tragedy definitely had stuff like this. Like uh Yeah. Uh Macbeth, uh, man. Uh Oedipus, for instance. Yeah. Um he uh he he had a someone tell him that some shit was gonna happen in the future and I think most Greek <laughs> tragedy started that yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. It was kinda of tragic because they were star crossed well that's Shakespeare, but you know, <laughs> it was foretold that uh mm-hmm. you know like Macbeth is like that too. The witches say that you're going to be king and right. all that stuff. And right, yep, yep, definitely. And uh, and he is king, so it works. And out. he is. Look at that. Yeah. Well. Yeah. And then Julius Caesar had like the wear the Ides of March guy, and uh, yeah, and uh, 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 I think Hamlet had like the supernatural like king guy show up and tell him all kinds of shit and. Yeah, anyway. Oh, his dad, you mean? Yeah, his dad. He comes the to the king and... guy? Yeah. A.K.A. Daddy? A.K.A. Daddy. 
That's a quote from the book. Right. Um, yeah, you know, I think I think those tragedies are just that much more interesting when it's when it's foretold what's going to happen. Because when it happens, it's like, ooh, look at that. They knew, you know. Mm-hmm. There's some sort of uh, self fulfilling power when you do that. Um, yeah. It makes the I don't know. It just it makes the story better because they're the your characters are able to tell the future. Yeah. And, of course, the audience is like, well, the writer has the ability to make that happen. But you sort of forget that, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, I think in the case of a lot of those stories, it doesn't lean that heavily on the on the future telling. Yeah. It's not, like, a really, like, you know, vital part of the plot. But, uh, you know, as far as, like, it's just sort of like something happens. But, uh but yeah, I think um, I think if you if you think about some of those things, they might there might be situations where the fact that something is foretold causes them to do the thing that makes the thing that was foretold come true. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and it's that's it's a weird that's a weird situation. You know, it's like damn, I wish you hadn't foretold that because then it wouldn't have happened. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's it's just I don't know. There's 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 just something very. Very mentally troubling about that situation. Uh, well, you, you remember, you remember one of the um, the rules of time travel uh, that I came up with, or maybe we came up with it. Um, that idea you can never, you can never go back in time to to stop a specific thing because if you go back in time to stop and you oh. succeed in stopping that thing you will eventually never go back in time to stop that thing because it mm-hmm. never happened. So right. you can't go back in time and, you know, stop Hitler from being, you know, rising to power because right. if, if you succeed, then Hitler will never rise to power. And, and you'll the future, never go back. You will never go back in time. And that's the thing. So if you if time travel is possible, you know, that obviously depends on how it works. But, uh, you know, it's like you can go back, but just don't go back for a specific reason because if you do, chances are you're going to screw things up even more yeah, than yeah. what's already going on. Yeah, you got to just clear your mind and just be like, I'm going to go back in time. you got to go back for research and, and science sake. You can't go mm-hmm. back to, like, you know, do something crazy. Yeah, yeah. Or you're just, you're just uh, screwing yourself because you're not going to go those- back. Only those of most noble intentions shall time travel be possible to. Shakespeare. Shakespeare. Is it? Shakespeare. <laughs> Interesting. Hadn't heard that one. Uh, yeah. Uh, but you're you're definitely the expert on obscure Shakespeare quotes. I am. I won that contest back in uh, 2005. <laughs> wow. I I didn't even know. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. The Massachusetts Shakespeare Convention? <laughs> oh, I was there. I just didn't know that you won that uh, that award. Yeah, it was back in uh, Conference Room B. Oh, shit. At the convention center, yeah. I was in the Gold Plaza Room. Oh, the Gold Plaza Room. Yeah. Sadly, it's decorated in silver. I know. I know. And all they had was a buffet. Yeah. I don't know what I was doing there. What were you doing there? All they had were turkey legs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> turkey legs. Just turned into a Renaissance festival. It did. <laughs> well, you know Shakespeare. Why yeah, not? Yeah, it makes sense. Why not? All right. Um, um, so what's not Shakespeare is this next scene. <laughs> Seriously. Nice. Not uh, bad. Not bad. Uh, we uh, 
we just got done with this uh, this Charlie conversation. Jen calls out because they found the parachute person. Um, so it turns out Jen's way was the right way. Hmm. Huh. Uh, <laughs> yeah, kinda, I forgot about that. That's interesting. It's kind of curious, considering it seems like I don't know. It seems like Desmond would be better at picking the way to go, but I, I sort of thought like I sort of thought what happened was they sort of split up, but like the parachute person was like sort of in the middle between where they were, mm-hmm. and and didn't like Desmond and Charlie like stop to talk or something? Yeah, I thought like I thought Jen and Harley just got there first, but that they that they were sort of. In going the same direction, that's what I thought. <laughs> I see, but yeah, but no, they were. Yeah, your way does make sense too, though. I I can see that now. But I thought, like, just because, I thought because they had stopped to talk that that Jen and Hurley just found it first, slowed them down. Because mm-hmm. you know they weren't talking. They weren't. They had nothing to talk about. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, so she uh, she I call her she because of the ending. Uh, is, <laughs> you call her she because she's a woman, <laughs> right? Um, nice, that makes sense. That's good job, good job, buddy. Uh, I mean, at this stage in the story, you know, giving her, um, what is that? A pronoun? Uh, I think it's a pronoun. It's a pronoun. Okay, uh, giving her a pronoun, uh, female pronoun, is kind of uh, premature. But anyway, uh, she's uh, she's hung up uh, from a from a tree. By her parachute lines, uh, so so that's where we leave that scene. <laughs> All righty. Um, yeah, I mean, done and done. Not a lot going on there, uh, except you know, ooh, look, what's going to happen? So uh, the next scene is a flashback. This is uh, Desmond turning in, turning in his robe. Oh. To uh, Brother Campbell, uh, uh, sad farewell. Uh, Not really. <laughs> he, I don't know. It didn't seem that sad. Brother Campbell's like, eh. You can go. You're, you're out of the bigger, better things, my buddy. Yeah. yeah. Right, see you later. Yeah, you're right. But I don't know. Something that should be sad, or seems like it should be sad. Yeah, um, it just it just seemed like Desmond was there for like a week or something. Yeah, it did. It didn't feel like he was there that long. And it's like one scene, you know, this is what I referenced earlier. It's like two scenes ago, I was the best monk you've ever seen, <laughs> and now I'm the biggest disappointment of entire history of monkhood. Yeah. And it's like, what happened? I I would say this flashback is about two months long, maybe. You think so? Yeah. That's how long I would say. Because I feel like he did the vow of silence for like a month. You think he did it for a month? Yeah. Oh, I also wanted to mention the vow of silence is very similar to what Echo did. Definitely. Uh, when he killed uh, the others. I have I have I have a crackpot speculation that if Echo was still alive, or if they could get the actor, they would have put Desmond in with Echo because he was going to London in that last flashback. So my crackpot theory is that they would have put Echo in this episode if, um, you know, if uh, if he was available or whatever. Interesting. Yeah, just a little theory of mine. Um, uh, So anyway, he turns in his robe, and uh, we see a little brief glimpse of the worst Photoshop job that 
you know I've ever seen on a professional TV show. Yeah. Um, where we have uh, Brother Campbell standing next to um, nothing and uh, Miss Hawking <laughs> plastered uh, in yeah. the middle of that nothing in a photo that like looks like you know it's just a capture or something from. Um, a scene she did, you know, maybe in that episode that she was in. Flashes um, Before Your Eyes. Flashes Before Your Eyes, season three, episode eight. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it's, you know, and of course, as you brought up, he kind of looks weird, too. So um, it almost seems like uh, two different photos from different media just kind of slapped together. And some hand-drawn <laughs> background or something. Yeah. It's, an, oh, it's one of the strangest pictures, and I feel like they're making a point by making it look strange. I really want to believe that, but I, I don't know what point they could be making. Uh, it it just looks so bad. It was ridiculous. I, I can't believe they, they showed that. I mean, I can't believe they couldn't have got a better – because one of the biggest problems with that picture is the angle that Miss Hawking is, is facing in. It just doesn't make sense in that picture. You know, it just doesn't look like anyone – no two people have ever taken a picture together standing at those two angles. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. Yeah, she's she's facing off somewhere. Like, it, yeah. she doesn't even look like she's standing up to me. It's, it's yeah, very... exactly. She's in, like, a different quadrant and, like, a different temporal space. Like, <laughs> it's just totally different. She's in a different plane. Yeah. Yeah. It's And just... he's, like – really tall and standing upright and erect and like really rigid for no apparent reason. Mm-hmm. It seems like uh that seems like a picture from like a um like a wardrobe test or something. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, here let's try okay, this is whatever actor with the with the brother Campbell cloak on go and, Right. And he's just like they just snapped a Polaroid or something. You know, and then they're like, Okay, now we need a monastery background and they went into Word and got some clip art. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Got a, yeah. got a monastery clip art and like <laughs> it was just a horrible picture. Yeah, I don't know what they were doing with that. Yeah, I've seen some really incredible Photoshop work. Uh, yeah, online and uh, it just it just makes this look really bad because uh, it's just so amateurish looking. Yeah. Um, but you know how bad it is aside. Um, I'm gonna just go on the record and say that I don't think it really means anything. I I think it's just a little just a little wink to the fans. I I don't think there's really anything to be made of this, the fact that he's wink. got this photo. I just don't. Well, I, I don't see that it matters very much. Well, what do you think their connection is? Do you think that's his wife? Or sister or something? I don't know. I don't know. Can monks get married? Oh, forgot about that. Um I don't think they're supposed to. Um, yeah, I don't either. Unless they're, unless they're liberal monks. I don't liberal know. monks, yeah, who knows. Um, I'm not up like on a, monkery. Sounds like a good sitcom. I don't know. <laughs> liberal monks, they're just partying all the time. Uh-huh. They go to church all day Sunday. Right. Um. Yeah, I, I don't know who she's supposed I mean, to me, that's... I think I think you're right. I think in the long run it's not going to matter. Like, you know, that picture is not going to really mean anything. But I, I just wonder what they're trying to insinuate. Is that like, like what relationship are they supposed to have? You know, um, why does he know her? And, and does the fact that they both said that, you know, he's going to do great things and yeah. blah, 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 does that mean, you know, are these people, are there people that are sort of 
placed either purposefully or, or, you know, just by sheer chance that sort of guide him to the island, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't know what that, uh, to me that's the big question is what are they trying to say with that? I don't yeah. think it's going to come to much. Um, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I agree. And I, I, what, I don't know what they're trying to say with that. Um, I mean, he, you know, he gives Desmond similar advice in a less, sim, less sinister way. Yeah. Um, as far as, uh, you know, to finding your destiny or whatever, but, uh, but uh, but I don't really know. I I mean I can't imagine. I I guess yeah maybe they're maybe he's she's his sister or, I mean having a picture like that on your desk you know you should be pretty close to the person. Um, yeah, I mean now here's a question. This is the first. Is this the first Desmond flashback since Flashes Before Your Eyes? Yeah. Here's the question. Um. You know, Carlton and Damon, if I'm not mistaken, uh, say that, you know, the, the, the sort of time travel or whatever was supposed to really have happened, right? Yeah. Okay, so does that mean that... That means that, that the, the Desmond that we saw in this episode should remember having that conversation with Miss Hawking about, like, you can't change the future and all that stuff? Well, no, because... That stuff was after this. That that was after he met Penny. Which oh, he, that's right. That was after this. Okay. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. So this was even further before that. Okay. If we see a flashback after that timeline, then he should remember it. Yeah. With, for instance, in the season two finale, he should have remembered the Miss Hawking conversation. Yeah, okay. I doubt they knew about it, but uh, in theory, yeah. he should have. So, um, but yeah, not in this episode. Okay, because I'm like, he didn't seem like someone had told him that uh, these all these laws about the future. Right. But uh, okay, that makes sense. He had and, and I think it. you know, setting the setting the flashback, you know, before all that stuff was a was a good way of kind of skirting that whole issue. Yeah. You know, they can just like not deal with it at all. You know, because none of that stuff's happened yet. So maybe, I mean, maybe all that picture is supposed to mean is that you know that he's sort of on the right path. That he, you know, he went from whatever to Brother Campbell, and now mm-hmm. you know if he gets off the track again, which he will, uh, Miss Hawking will be there to get him back on the path. And right. That, and that's all that's really supposed to mean is that he's just, just sort of that idea that that he's on this path or whatever. Mm-hmm. What else can you do with that? And the the monastery leads him to Penny, so yeah. Um, so which that, why she's in Scotland? I'll never know. Well, you know. Why does she need all that wine? <laughs> uh, she bought like didn't she buy like all their wine or something? Yeah, she bought Did, all their wine. Because he said they only made like 150 cases or something. 108 actually. Oh, is that what he said? All of us numbers enthusiasts should have noticed. Yeah. He, he said 108 for the. What did he say though exactly? He was like, "We only make 108 a year, or we've only made that much this year." Let me see. He says, "Oh, wrong line." There's another 108 reference. Here it is. Uh, we only bottled 108 cases this year. Oh, 108 cases, not mm-hmm. bottles. Not bottles. 
So she bought all of the cases? I think. She could have bought all the cases. No, she couldn't have been taking 100 cases. No, 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 no. She would have had multiple trips. I was thinking he said 108 bottles. So I was like, yeah, that's probably 100 bottles in all the cases she had. I'm very close to it. Mm-hmm. But Okay, no, she didn't She didn't have 108 100 no, cases. she really didn't. My car wasn't that big. Would not fit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, so then he asked Desmond to do some lifting in exchange for a ride into town, which he won't need. Uh, the next scene <laughs> is, uh, Desmond moving the boxes of wine, and, uh, it turns out, surprise, surprise, that Penny Widmore is there to pick up the wine on behalf of her father, apparently, um, and uh, we get to see the first meeting of the, the great lost couple, Desmond and Penny. Uh, so uh, they they have a little conversation and do that sort of romance or romantic comedy thing, uh, whatever it is they do when they meet each the other. The coy first meeting. Yes, I guess it's Oh, called. I'm so funny. No, you're so <laughs> funny. <laughs> What? We're both funny. <laughs> I, I like that it started with, oh, I'm so funny. That's <laughs> 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 weird. I just feel like that's what Justin Penny's saying. Like, I'm so funny, aren't I? I'm so funny. Oh, you're so funny. <laughs> Let's get together, shall we? You look like the kind of man I can make my father mad at me with. <laughs> Oh, exactly. Aimless, you say? Check. (laughs) No social standing? Check. Check. Kicked out of a monastery? (laughs) Big check. (laughs) Father's going to love you. Oh, dear. Yeah, that's, um, I guess that's what the British call flirting. Yeah, that's what they call flirting. So, um, as they're flirting, we cut to Desmond cutting down the parachuter and uh and then we uh and then we cut back to Penny and Desmond and um Penny invites Desmond to come with her, um, starting a great and beautiful relationship. Hey um she needs someone to unload the wine, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's no one there where she's going who could possibly help. Certainly not. Certainly not. It's just her and old daddy, surely. Exactly. And he's got a bad back. Yeah, and he ain't moving shit anyway. He's not. He's so not a moving shit guy. No. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, anyway, uh, this is uh, this is supposed to be a very... It's it's a weird thing. It kind of um it kind of reminds me of uh there's there's this movie Betrayal. Have you heard of it? Uh Mm-mm. in the in the early 80s. The the idea of it was um was that it was sort of like it's sort of like Memento or Irreversible in that it starts with the with the bitter breakup of a relationship. Mm-hmm. And then it goes to sort of the middle period, the years when they were sort of together, and then it ends with when they met. Mm-hmm. 
So um, the way this Penny and Desmond story has sort of proceeded has been like that. We sort of saw we sort of saw the end of it, and then we saw the middle, and then this is the beginning. So um, it's kind of weird that this, that it's gone in that order. But anyway, it just kind of reminds me of that. It, it has a weird effect when you sort of see the beginning after you've seen what happens later. Yeah. You know, there's something odd about it. Um, it it doesn't play the same way as if this had been the first flashback, you know. There's there's something else going on there. And, and like, if I hadn't seen it before, like, ten times, I'd say that was great. But uh, <laughs> yeah, at this point, it's sort of a little tired for me. In 1991, um, it would have been awesome. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was the year to do shit, apparently. Apparently, yes. <laughs> Do you want to do something great? Do it in 1991. 1991. Nothing was out yet, man. It was it was just open open field. Do whatever you want. It'll be great. So uh, the next scene, uh, the final scene, they discover that the parachuter is alive. Desmond has cut her down, and they discover that she's alive. Desmond rushes over. He takes off the mask. It turns out to not be Penny. What? But what? But you said you knew. But, but in his vision, it wasn't even her. <laughs> <laughs> How could it not be her? Because it wasn't ever her in the vision. Uh, right. So uh, the 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 uh, the parachuter girl. Uh, now revealed, does does a pulls a lost thing and and says Desmond, yeah, and then passes out because what, um, that's what I meant earlier about uh, she pulled a Michael. She she pulled. Oh. A, I'm too tired and hurt to talk now. I'll talk later. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. What? Yeah, exactly. Claire did yeah. the same thing. It's they all do. It's, it's what you have to do. You just kind of stumble uh-huh. in and. No time to reveal secrets now, obviously. Yeah, check back tomorrow. This is, did you look at the clock? This is the end of the episode. I'm not saying <laughs> shit right now. Yeah. So uh, i got to pass out. Ugh. But just enough to say Desmond to, to make us say, oh, she's, you know, she knows him, so she's, like, tied into this whole Penny thing somehow. Um, I think Desmond is the word for doctor in Portuguese. Oh. Yeah, she's just calling for a doctor. That was it, huh? Yeah. Wow. Interesting. Didn't think of that interpretation. Hmm. Which is weird because if if you're in if you're in, you know, Brazil or Portugal or whatever and uh and your name is Desmond and you're a doctor, you're yeah. Desmond Desmond. Ooh. Yeah, it's kinda weird. Interesting. Desmond Desmond. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Enough so then uh, they all they all look at each other. Uh, and then lost. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, that's the end of our beautiful episode. So yeah, there you have it. So uh, so yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and and just speculate that uh, that this uh, this uh, woman who had the Portuguese uh, catch twenty two and uh, knows Desmond's name also had the Penny and Desmond photo. I'm gonna say she's connected to to Penny, and she's connected to those Brazilian scientists we saw at the end of season two, 
yeah. uh, observing the uh, whatever they observed, wherever they were. I don't know what was going on there, but... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, they observed the electromagnetic pulse or whatever they, they picked up on there. Yeah, the electromagnetic anomaly, right. But for some reason, they were in this, like, you know, Antarctic wasteland, and I I don't really know what was... I, I don't quite understand what... Well, what it's, they called, were doing uh, it's called Upstate New York in February. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> um, well, you know, what I want to say about the parachuter, who I believe her name is Naomi. Uh-oh. Uh, Naomi. I, I wasn't going to say that because, uh, yeah, that's like that's a spoiler. But, yeah, that's her name. Uh, How's that a spoiler? It's, well, just because it wasn't said in this episode. Uh, I only know it from the transcript. Oh, so the tra- the transcript only knows it because it was it was like it was in some kind of press release, and like there's been like spoilers and stuff that have indicated her name, so uh, it's just sort of gotten out. So everybody knows her name, but like in the episode, it's not mentioned. It really doesn't matter though. Uh, but well, yeah, it doesn't spoil any. I mean. In- the yeah, I agree. Thing, so. I agree. It's 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 a it's it's the mildest of spoilers. Yeah, it, it spoils what her name is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which <laughs> yeah, which um, isn't much of a spoiler. Yeah. So, um, well, one of the things I wanted to mention about her real quick is um, not her in particular, but um, my my feeling that there should be uh, two pilots in the helicopter, mm-hmm. uh, I feel like we might find, I mean, you know, they could write where she was by herself, but I think that's really illogical. Um, I feel like with a mission like that, you, you would want two people. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I feel like we might, there might be another person that, um, that, you know, ejected and, and is on the island and either we just didn't see their light or maybe they'll just say the light wasn't working or was busted or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but I, I say, I say, I say nine, I say 90% ac- chance that, uh, we'll, we'll find another person. I mean, I guess when we talk to her, she'll tell us if she was with someone else. Yeah, she ought to. Uh, hopefully unless, she'll talk next week, this week. Unless there's some sort of conspiracy and she's hiding stuff mm-hmm. and blah, blah, blah. And who knows what? And, but um I yeah, think I, I think she has good intentions. I don't think there's anything weird going on except what it seems to be. Is that New Year's Justin? That is New Year's Justin. Hello, All nice right. to see you. Hello. Glad I could be here. Yeah, so I'll take a seat. I shall. That's standing up. Um Yeah, I mean I think I too think she's definitely connected to the Portuguese scientists, um, you know. I, I thought the whole time it was one of them. Uh, I never thought it was Penny. Uh, I didn't Me really either. think it was going to be a woman. Uh, but um, so that was surprising. Uh, but uh, I'm interested to see what's going on. I mean, you know, presumably she's there for Desmond. So what what is she going to do and say is going to be really interesting. And I think that juxtaposed with what's going on with Juliet and the others. Uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting rest of the season. I agree. I agree. I think I think what it sets up will be interesting. I just they didn't get to the interesting stuff in this episode. No, we're gonna get plenty of like, you know, oh, how did you get here? No, first tell me 
Where did you get your shoes? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I want to know everything. I want to know why you're here and how you found us and blah, blah, blah. But what's first, your, I want to know your rescue plan. I want to know, like, yeah. And then, But first, tell me your name. Tell me your name and spell it for me. <laughs> oh, Saeed. You never get the good questions answered. No. <laughs> oh, Saeed. Um, well, you know, overall, it was a pretty, you know, crappy episode, but it had a couple fairly interesting things. Yeah, I mean, I don't no. think this is as bad as further instructions, for instance. Uh, uh, I don't think it's the worst of the season, but coming off of one of us, which was just, like, fantastic, uh, uh, it seemed really lame, I think. Yeah, uh, I I just didn't expect this this late into the season to get an episode that, like, that was sort of subpar, but uh, but it's not... It's not um, it's not the worst of the season, so. Yeah, and it's not even, to me, it's not, like, on par with those, like, classic bad episodes. Yeah. Um, because, like, like it did, like, set up some things, and, like, it, you know, it, it, it had its own, like, merits to some extent. So I think uh, I think it could have been a lot worse uh, for where it is, so. Um, yeah, this episode was just more boring than, like, bad. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. That's the only thing. Some of those episodes are just like actively bad. Yeah. <laughs> and boring. Yeah. I have to rescue Echo from a polar bear. Ugh. Oh god. Ugh. Worst plot ever. Okay, I'm trying to forget that. I know, me too. God, when I watch season three again, man, it's gonna be weird watching that bullshit again. Oh god. So, um Alright. I guess we're done. I think we're done. Uh, this is the, uh, this is the ramble until we finish part of the podcast. Yeah. Um. Let's not do that and let's just finish. Well, before we finish, I wanted to call out a few new members here of the, uh, Yay. Um, members. I don't think I've, I don't think I've mentioned Perry from Sydney, Australia. Uh, welcome, uh. Let's see, we've got uh uh Connor from Godalming, England. Mm-hmm. Uh, Godalming. I don't know how to say that, sorry. Um we've got Janik from Frankfurt, Hafia, Germany. Uh let's see. Got a lot of new people. Who's this? I didn't even see this person earlier. Brody Man, thirty-eight forty-seven. Yep. From Carmel, uh, Indiana. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, we've got X Petrie from Ealing, England. Um. And uh, I think that's it. Yep. Maybe Thanks for joining. Hmm. Was there one more? Ah, uh, I. Not that I see. Um, I'm thinking of... Oh. I don't know what I'm thinking of. Never okay. mind. I, yeah, that's all I got. 
I was thinking of Yannick, and you said that. Janik, or... Oh, perhaps it is Yannick. I'm not sure. Germany, German, I don't know if they would do a yeah. I don't know. I don't either, but maybe. Uh, yeah, I have no idea. Um, also, if you haven't our, joined our Frapper, if we didn't just mention you, uh, feel free <laughs> to go join. Uh, There's plenty of people not on the Frapper. Plenty. I'm looking at all of you guys. It really has grown nicely, though. I, yeah. I can we, remember we, yeah. uh, when we first made it, it was it was a sad little thing with four people on it, I think. Yeah, and so, two of them were us. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, so uh, yeah, so it's it's gotten really nice, I think. But, yeah, anyway, go join that. Uh, it's fun to look at. And, uh, you know, leave comments, thelostlowdown.blogspot.com. There's the email address, um, lostlowdown at gmail.com. And also, uh, reviews are good. Uh, we did get a review, I think, from last time, which is great. Thank you very much. Uh, I think that was Rebel that wrote it. Um, nice. Review. So, thank you for doing that. Rebel wrote a review. Right. Nice. How fitting. How fitting indeed. So, uh, <laughs> our plan is lining up nicely. <laughs> right. So, yeah, anyway, uh, go write a review if you don't mind or if you would like to. I would appreciate it. Um, okay, so I think that's the the plug matter. Uh, We've plugged everything. I We'd like so. to thank General Electric for their sponsorship. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. No. Um, <laughs> Kellogg, of course. Of course. Viacom. Right, um, always. Viacom is much, the one true way. Pretty much. Uh, <laughs> Viacom is the one true way. <laughs> Yikes, it's religion now. <laughs> well, you know, you got to believe in something, and I believe in prophets, my dear boy. <laughs> uh, prophets, my dear boy, you should try it uh, sometime. Prophets, and, um, yeah, um, I'm just making up stuff. I know uh, it happens. We're, we're good to go. We're um, good to go. Looking forward right. to the next podcast. We will definitely do another live podcast soon. And, hey, I'm a wild and crazy guy. Why don't we go ahead and say the next one will be live? What? What? <laughs> but if the next one's live, we've got to stick to a schedule. I know, right? <sighs> but that's fine. We can do it live. We'll do it live. Why not? Why not do it live? Why not do it live? That's what I say. But you said How about, um, yeah, I did say it first. Thank you. You're welcome. So look for a live podcast this Saturday, guys. Um, you, you, you're going to have to go to the uh, our website for details. Um, we should we should plan these live ones in advance and so give the details out during the podcast. Yeah, yeah. That's probably the best way to do that. We, we, I believe you may or may not have just said that just now, and it's the first time hearing about it. Um, so, yeah. so to say it hasn't been planned out would be you know true as it gets. Yeah, pretty much. So, uh, um, and I hope I'm not busy Saturday. <laughs> I know, I know. I really don't want to say we'll do it um, if we can't. Let's let's just leave a window open. We may not be able to do it, but we'll tentatively plan to do it live. How about that? Yeah, yeah. Then we don't have to promise anything that we may not be able to do. By let's okay, we can make this commitment by Thursday. Ooh, well, 
No. By Thursday... (laughs) (laughs) What am I saying? Yowza. No. By Thursday, guys, we'll have on our page whether or not we're doing the during the um, the live show. Um, so so just check that out and uh, and, and you'll know the, the time and the place. Of course, will be Talkshoe. Of course. Um, there's no other place. There's no other place. Talkshoe is awesome. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thanks and namaste. Namaste and good luck.